in Chicago, two comedian skeptics named Andy and Art were mysteriously abducted by the illusionary mastermind and conspiracy theorist known only as Mr. Mr. Bunker. Bunker. The following serves as a record of Bunker's attempt to convince non-believers of the truth about conspiracies and paranormal activity. Andy and Art give an uninterrupted presentation and verdict on the plausibility of these offbeat topics, delivering what they call the, the whole enchilada. Will Mr. Bunker convince these two skeptics any of this is real? Will it convince you? Welcome to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Art Stone. And with me, as always, is your co-host, Andy Hart. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's me. Hi. What's happening? Why'd you make me put that stinger in for you? <laughs> oh, wow. That's uh, that's my, you know, some people have intro music. I have intro an intro string of sound effects. No wonder why your wrestling career didn't pan out. Yeah, they call they didn't call it a stinger when I was wrestling. They called it the stinker because big <laughs> fart noise. That was end. also your name. Yeah, yeah, I was the stinker. Um, my whole my whole thing was that I never bathed, <laughs> and I was covered in filth, uh-huh. and I had extreme flatulence. You actually got into a a pretty a pretty hefty lawsuit with the wrestler Rikishi. Yeah, uh, for his finishing move, the name of which I can't remember. I'm gonna get grilled about by all those fucking marks out there who are such big wrestling fans that they shit on people who can't remember stuff. And of the way I pronounce fucking kayfabe or kayfab. If you care about how I pronounce kayfab, you're a mark. You hear me? Anyway, where he shoved his ass in people's faces. That was his finishing move. Right. And you, you know, kind of did a similar thing where you would like shove your ass, but also fart. And you got to a big like IP legal battle with Rikishi. It was huge. Yeah, yeah, I lost, and that's what actually yeah, led. Vince McMahon sided with Rikishi. Yeah, that's what uh, that's what led to the end of my career as the stinker. That mm-hmm. I ultimately was not as big a draw as Rikishi. So mm-hmm. Vince McMahon decided that I didn't deserve that finishing move, and instead I had to start doing this thing where I put jerking s- people off. Yeah, yeah. I I was like, you know what? We're really going to finish them, and so then it would be this whole thing of like I would jerk people off onto my body. And I would never wash off the, uh, the all right. and you're fucking gross. So then I would be like, you know, I would like come into the ring and be like, my body is a monument to all those I have defeated. <laughs> you didn't actually need titles. You just had dried cum all over yourself. Right, right. And that was your. Uh... They did give me a belt, though, because my pants kept falling off. Ah, I missed the Attitude Era. Uh, it was raw. We'll tell you that. It was raw. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, no protection. Speaking of raw, that's today's episode, Andy, because it's the recap. We're coming in raw. We're coming in live. We're coming in hot. Yeah, watch out. Uh, guard your ears with garments because we are coming in raw and hard with our- My God. With our top five episodes of top five 2021. Episodes of the year. Can you believe it, Bunk Funkers? Another year down, uh, boy, oh boy. And uh, oh yeah, Andy really has to reach for that wall. Oh man, I haven't stretched that hard in 40 years. Um, Bunk Funkers, 
Andy, we have so much to be thankful for. I mean, we do every yeah. year, but like this year especially, we have so much to be thankful for. Right. Everybody who listened to the show. Oh, I mean. I mean, our listenership really grew this year. We have a lot of new listeners to be thankful for. We have so many we have wonderful patrons and bunk bunkers to be thankful for. A lot for. of old listeners that we're continued to yeah. be thankful for. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot of patrons now that yeah. we're especially thankful for. Sure. We've, we've got a, uh, a fun community. Yeah. Around this podcast. Um, and I think overall, you know, like the thing, the thing that really stood out to me this year was like the multitude of just wonderful, heartwarming, uh, very sweet and kind emails that we received. So many, we, I want all the bunk funkers to know we respond to every email you fucking email. Like we respond unless you're like some fucking marketing bullshit, then we don't respond. But <laughs> if you're like a person emailing us, telling us about the show or giving us feedback, even if it's negative feedback or correcting us on something, we don't care. We love that stuff. And yeah. we want we want more of it. People who message us, we write back and it's actually us writing the emails. That's right. We don't we don't have any interns or yet. help. Yeah, yet. But so if you <laughs> if you email us and it's not, a, you know, a spam email. We will respond to it. And well, uh, if it's an email about spam, the canned ham product. Well, yeah. Well, if it's a coupon for spam, I'm going to respond. I mean, if I'm entering a contest to win a hundred thousand cans of spam, yeah, I'm going yeah, to. I'm going to respond. That. that uh, but we do get a lot of very, uh, very nice emails. It never ceases to amaze that me. Blow us away. Yeah, that people, um, you know, that this this show. Mm helps people <laughs> through tough it, times. That, 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 that just that statement alone was like right. very difficult for you to get out. Right. It's hard, because it's hard a for me to acknowledge that foreign concept. Anything that I've done could help any person <laughs> with anything, but it's very touching to us. Yes. I say that in all sincerity. Well, we're being sincere. We are, it's hard we are for very us to be sincere, but yeah. it, it's very true. Yeah. We're, we're normally obnoxious assholes. Yeah. Uh, and this is one moment where we're going to shed that and be very sincere and oh, say it's incredibly touching um, to hear like because then, you know, it's it's been tough on a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, it, it, us included. We feel in that pain and that toughness just in general. Life is a tough uh, struggle and uh, it's difficult. But um, the fact that we can give you a little bit of humor and we can brighten your day, we can make you laugh. We could say something stupid or, you know, interest you in the topic at hand. Uh that's it's incredible. I yeah. mean, it's 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 that's all we've ever wanted. And we're glad that you enjoy it so much. And we love getting that feedback and it helps us keep trudging along because, you know, um, yeah, you know, it's just, you know, sometimes in, it, you just, you know, you're putting stuff out there and you're thinking, like, does this resonate with anybody? And it does. Yeah, and that's wonderful. And we're even glad to get criticism. I think yeah, that we love the criticisms. We're willing if to if it's warranted, well, or if it's actionable. Yeah. Well, yes. I mean, you can't. We can't change who we are. We can't. I mean, we go, look. We get a lot of. We get a lot of. <laughs> you know, one star reviews, and it's things that are say like not funny. Well, that's not. I can't help that. I can't change what you find funny versus what I find funny. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna change my whole concept of being. <laughs> Just to like understand what you find funny and then me change myself to find that also funny and then do that. Yeah. So whatever. That is what it is. Or, you know, I, there was a recent YouTube comment 
that said a bunch of gibberish and then said, this comment makes as much sense as your podcast. It's like, <laughs> Was there really? Yeah. It's like, well, okay. I don't, it's not really actionable. I can't really, I don't know what, I don't even know what that means necessarily. I think that's funny. That's it a good funny. comment. It is a good comment. It's just, I can't change anything. It's right. like, sorry that you hate it, but sure. I, I don't know what you want me to do. Yeah. Uh, so no, you know, but, if you, but if you have a, if you have a suggestion, you say like things about the know, topic. We might ignore you, like people that say like, "Oh, the intros are too long." It's like, well, well sorry, we got exciting lives. We have to tell people yeah. about. And and that's the other thing is we've had such an exciting year hanging out. Um, you know, being being a family. I don't think it'll ever end, ever. No. Um, and we're just gonna be a big happy family that podcasts on the side sometimes when we feel like it. It just so happens that. Okay, every single week we did end up podcasting. Very strange coincidence, but listen up. There might be some breaks here and there because we have to go do family stuff. Right. We're, you know, we're two daddies. I mean, we're daddies and that's a life. We're going to be for a long time. That is not going to change. That's a lifelong commitment, uh, at least until somebody dies (laughs) or all of us die. You know, now, do we have an idea of what the order will be? Yes. Right. (laughs) Right. We have. I mean, I, look, as a parent, you have to plan for everything and have Art and I planned a way to systemically murder everybody? Yeah. What? Oh, okay. And um, I'll be honest. I am the first to go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> because I am the most dead weight on the family. Um, even adult baby David Crosby contributes more than me. The amount of roller coasters we have not been able to go on because of you is detrimental to this family. Yeah, right. It's... <laughs> I'm too too short and too obese for the seatbelts. So there's so many roller coasters I'm not. I don't to even ride. think it's that. I think it's how aggressive you act with the with the operators and the people putting the belts on you. You keep saying, yeah. I can put the belt on myself. Well, you get real angry and antsy and then they end up kicking us off. Well I was not making a comment about your height or weight. Well, this is like when we go to the beach and you go in these places and it's like I get aggressive because I don't think people understand what freedom is anymore. <laughs> It's like, I don't have to wear a shirt. I don't have to wear a shirt inside a church. I don't have to wear a shirt inside a restaurant. I don't have to be free of sand right. on this city bus. Well, you get aggressive with lifeguards because you're saying, you do, I don't need my lifeguard. I'll guard my own fucking life. Right. This is my life. Yeah. It's my life. I don't want them looking at me. It's now or never. I can I don't tell wanna... <laughs> when I'm in the ocean, they're looking at me. And I don't appreciate that. I'm not some... I'm not some rube who's never been in the water before. I know how to swim. Yeah, so what if you've swallowed a lot of ocean water because you like how salty it is oh, and you have flailed so around? You do, f- one of your favorite games is is called Pretend Titanic where you flail around menacingly and you scream, I'm drowning, I'm drowning, I'm drowning. And you flail and then you, you know, obviously the lifeguards really don't like it when you play that game. It's this fun game that Peon and I play where Peon is the iceberg and I'm the Titanic. And then after I crash and all my holes are breached, which is me taking off my swimsuit, <laughs> then I start flailing around and I go, I'm drowning, I'm drowning, because then I'm the I'm a victim then at that point. Right. Because the ship the has game. sunk. That's my that's my swim trunks going mm-hmm. to the bottom of the ocean floor. Sure. And then I'm a oh, they passenger. Sink? Yeah, they sink. I, I carry what well, rocks. No, no, no. It's because Look, there's always a snack bar at a beach, and you can't just take your wallet in the water, but <laughs> coins are fine. So I fill my pockets with coins in my swim trunks. And lifeguards hate this game. 
Life Crisis Safety is good. And you know, it it's doesn't make any game. sense because it's so much fun and it teaches Peon so much about water safety because it reminds him you you can never have too many holes. That's true. And so we've been daddies for the most of the year. It's been fucking awesome. It's been so excellent. It's been so great to uh, be It's been so great to person. finally feel the love of a family. Yes, like to yes. feel like I'm at the head of a right. family unit, something yes. I've never experienced before in my life. It was it's very fulfilling. Um, you know, the honestly, the responsibility I mean, that's true. of raising children is something I never thought that I would get a chance to do. Uh-huh. Um, you know, guiding a young mind sure. um is something that I just always assumed that I would be prohibited by law from doing. And yet here we are. And there's just no sign that it's ever gonna end. It's ever gonna end. I mean, as far as I can see, it's gonna go until our plan begins to be enacted and I, you know, have a little accident, quote unquote, falling off the roof. After we take out a large insurance policy onto a bunch of metal spikes and nails. But until that day, until that day, um, Andy, a lot of great episodes this year. We're going to recap our top five. There's some yeah. shockers. There's some. There's, we're going to give you the shocker, of course, as we always do. One of the pink, two in the stink. And we're going to give you, you know, we're going to give you some, I think some, you're going to like be like, oh yeah, that belongs. But some shockers, I think as well, right? Yeah, I would love to, um, you know, Bunkfunkers, when we go through the list mm-hmm. of the year's top episodes, and and this is this is a, this is an unbiased metric in some ways. Yeah. In that it's, it's based on listens, on downloads. Right, right. And so. Right. Oh, that's right. Very good point, Andy. Yeah. So this is. This is not like our five favorite or no. your five favorite. No. Uh, this is this is just the top five by downloads That's over right. the year. Things that were released this year and they have the most now. Now, so, the timeline has always been a little bit iffy because, you know, episodes that were released last week don't really have the time to like grow to right. battle some of these other episodes that have been out since January. But announcing for the this, this is a big announcement. Big announcement. Pay attention. Next year, 2022. Not only do we have some fucking huge announcements and huge news coming out in 2022. We're so fucking excited. Uh, and we can't wait to release all that info. But first, we can release this. Next year, we are going to do Bunk Funker voting for the recap. That is one of the, it's it's small, but you know, it's it's something. We want to we hear from the Bunk Funkers always. Yeah, next year, you'll get to make your voices heard. Right. Your five favorite episodes and we're going right. to recap those. So not only will you get a chance to vote on your favorite episodes right. for the year, but then you'll get to hear that list revealed in this year and recap that, to see if you're in agreement with the rest of the Bunk Funker community. And you can vote on whatever your whim is. Did you like the episode as a whole? Did you like the research? Do you just love that topic? Did you like a stupid bit from the discussion mm-hmm. or the intro? Like, like what, what part... Of that episode was your favorite, and you can vote for it. Your top five, and then that, and then we're going to recap that. Yeah, in the twenty twenty two. So it'll go from December first of the previous year until November thirtieth of the next year, and you'll have the month of December basically to to, to vote because this episode always comes out at the end of December, right? Around Bunkmas, right? Bunkmas, and this is the Bunkmas recap, right? The Bunkmas recap. Um, and I think that uh, that'll be a lot of fun because then you know this gives us a chance too. To say, hey, what were our five favorite episodes? Right. Well, Andy, I mean, maybe we should get into it right here. Maybe we should get into our our top five countdown and 
and we'll just start uh, recapping these bad boys. Yeah, what let's recap. Say? Let's recap some episodes. Is there anything you want to say up top about, um, you know, this year of episodes? I think we had a slew of, we cracked off a hundo, I think, this year. Or was that last year? <laughs> when did we hit 100? I don't remember. Uh, How long have we been doing this? I think that we're well beyond 100. I think, uh, <laughs> I think we cracked off 100 this year. We had uh, yes, we did crack off a hundred this year. I remember. Okay, let's let's hit the uh, let's hit the books and see. Uh, oh, I'm god. almost positive. Oh god, I wish. Oh, I, they're not numbered. We have 140 episodes. Are you looking on Spotify? I'm on Google Podcasts. So 40 episodes. So yeah, we would have early in the year hit 100 episodes. Did we have a special? Yeah, we did. Um, we cracked off a hundo. Yes. Bigfoot on March 24th was our hundredth episode. Big episode. Oh. Um, you know, we cracked off our hundred special. That was huge for us. A hundred episodes. Oh, that's right. I thought that was crazy. That's Bigfoot. I thought Bigfoot was the two year anniversary episode. Yes, it wasn't. I don't know. If it was we, our hundredth episode. I think we did a. I think we did an anniversary episode, but we didn't make it as like big of a deal because right. we cracked off a hundred. We we cracked a hundo. We cracked a hundo, and um, we cracked one off like a like a stack of pennies, a hundred pennies. Yeah, you know, just like my swim trunks. <laughs> well, I think we should get into it here, Andy. Let's, uh, of course. I mean, let's. You can begin, you know, with your classic Casey Kasem countdown voice, which everyone loves to hear every year. Um. All right, bunk funkers. Welcome to another edition of the Bunkmas Christmas re <laughs> fuck whatever the fuck this is called. Whatever the hell this holiday is, this made up bullshit is called Bunkmas. Bunkmas. Twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one recap. There we go. <laughs> this is a really poorly written copy. <laughs> so We're gonna start. We're gonna start with number five. This again is the. Fifth most downloaded episode of 2021. Mm -hmm. Clocking in at number five is Pan Am Flight 914. Um, I look forward to to seeing robot Gwyneth Paltrow uh, explain via goop how um, every person should be doing this what will obviously be an ex extraordinarily expensive beauty treatment to fly into space at the speed of um, light to well, de-age themselves. Art, you, you bring up a good topic, and I have an announcement to make. Uh, I'm actually starting my own lifestyle brand uh, of wellness products uh -huh. so that people can, you know, be as healthy as I am. Sure. Um, you know, and look as good as me. Yep. And uh, have as much youthful energy as I do. All three, all the above is uh, what I think about when I have, hear you. Have, I am like the picture of health. Uh, so I am starting my own wellness company. We are in direct competition with Gwyneth Paltrow. Uh, we promise to be even crazier uh, than Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, my line of products is all about shoving foreign objects into your body. Uh, mostly through the anus. Um, and you just leave them in there. And that's the whole thing. And you try to stop going to the bathroom so that they don't come out. Mm -hmm. uh, and we call our line of products poop. 
and I am the I am Poop's CEO. <laughs> CEO of Poop. I'm the CEO of Poop. Um, founder, a title you've held for a long time before you incorporated. Founder, founder, and CEO of Poop. Um, and I think I think we're onto big things. Um, you know, it's like for eight eighteen hundred dollars, we'll send you uh five double A batteries that you shove up your asshole. And you'll feel more energized instantly. Yeah, I got a package from you guys that was uh it was this beautiful organic hemp sock mm-hmm. that you instructed me to fill with um a whole package of double A batteries and shove up my asshole. That's right. Really energized me. Yeah, I bet it did. Um you know, we have we have other great products. We have uh, essential oils. Um, you know, you can get uh, a baking grease bath bomb uh, to... Now, you don't shove that up your asshole, though, or do you? Well, you can shove it up your asshole and then get in the tub, uh, but it's usually better if you, um, you know, put it in the tub and then just hold your butt cheeks apart so mm-hmm. that the water will go into your asshole. Mm. So the BGB. The BGB. Um, bacon grease bath bomb. Bacon grease bath bomb uh, goes up your butthole in the tub. Um, there's uh, also, we have a line of candles. That's right. Um, they're mostly uh, just unsafe fireworks <laughs> uh, that they weren't allowed to sell in other stores. Uh, <laughs> we, we charge $500 for a pack of two. Uh-huh. Um, and some of these uh, do smell like your urine. Well... You know, accidents happen. <laughs> you can't poop, but you are allowed to still pee. Yeah. Um. Um. There. There are. There's a few scented. Uh. I got. I got a. You know. Um. Yeah. I got. I get a beautiful package of of uh, different um. Uh, like lava lamps. Mm-hmm. These are. These are like. They're like lava lamps, but they're like heated crystals. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Yeah, and um, there were instructions on how to also shove those up your asshole as well. Mm-hmm. They're best used when in the asshole. Mm-hmm. You can you can keep it plugged in, insert it into your asshole, and then turn it on. Mm-hmm. That's why the switch is on the cord. And what do of... those do exactly for rejuvenation? Oh well, it's you see the crystal is like a, a special type of quartz um, that has properties that will mm-hmm. uh, resonate uh, with your colon. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I guess at poop, our main philosophy is that the colon is the base of everything. Like good health starts with colon health. Yeah. Um, so, you know, basically people, people tend to think of the colon as like the end part of the journey, like where waste gets stored, but it's actually better to think of it the opposite way around that. Mm -hmm. Like the colon is the last chance your body gets to extract any nutrition from anything. So by reversing the flow uh, and by inserting things directly into the asshole, into the colon, you can you absorb even more of their power. Yeah. Um, and so when you have uh, something like these quartz crystals that are, um, you know, swirling in uh, liquid hot magma that's barely restrained by the thing that the lamp that we put it in, um, you know, your asshole will feel a warming sensation. Heat is good for the body. It excites the molecules. It helps get your body working. And then that creates some vibration, and then that resonates with the quartz crystal. Um, and basically, what it does is, if you have uh, you know col- polyps in your colon, they'll mm-hmm. just bust open. Okay. Um, you know, this will start a chain reaction up through your digestive tract. You may find that you can sing better. 
mm. um, because of the vibration in your, uh, you know, whole digestive tract. And this feels good. Oh, it feels great. <laughs> Just don't break the lava lamp because that hurts like a bitch. <laughs> oh, my God. Magma in your colon. It fucking sucks. Because you'd think that stuff would cool off, but it doesn't. Oh, God, is it hot. Liquid hot magma. Yeah. I tested one and I burned my whole colon out, but uh, they got a pig's colon in me now. It works great. <laughs> Thanks for that, pig. Yeah. Good job, Mr. Pork. <laughs> that was his name. I insisted that it come from a pig that I knew personally. And... um um, you actually have a few different lines of enemas. One of them is a uh, you actually uh, combined with a with another brand. You did kind of a cross promotion. Then mm -hmm. you have a uh, a Steakums uh, enema. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's called Enema of the Steak, <laughs> and it's basically where you uh, you know I guess what it is 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 we had Steakums take their uh, you know. Thinly sliced ribeye, right? Uh, and uh, we liquefied it mm -hmm. um, by uh, blasting it with uh, salt crystals. Oh, I would. I was going to say liquid hot magma. <laughs> it seems <laughs> like you guys have a large repository of liquid hot magma. <laughs> we do have some magma, but no, we didn't want to cook the meat. Um, so this raw liquefied uh, ribeye, uh, and then um, we got a little pumping mechanism that makes like a slide whistle sound when you squeeze it. Uh, and then you just squeeze all the raw meat into your butthole, and uh, it's it's kind of a in, uh, a reverse uh, you know ingestion type of thing, um, but it's really just about you do it a whole bunch of times at once so mm -hmm. that you pack your colon completely full of steakums, um, and that cleans you right out. Right, and then you got to stop up. You know you don't want to poop again. You know the goal is to absorb as much as possible, so it's best to plug your butthole with batteries so that you don't poop. <laughs> I recommend a size a size D mm -hmm. or C mm -hmm. for this, depending on the size of your butthole. You actually sell a car battery, yeah, for uh, quite a large sum of money. Yeah, yeah, it's it's forty thousand dollars for a car battery, uh, but it's it's a very it's a brand new car battery, and <laughs> the whole idea is that you shove it up your ass. <laughs> And actually, under the fine, uh, the, one of the, the the cool things about this is like this is such a high ticket item that you can tell is for really your elite clientele. Mm -hmm. um, actually, a uh, a guy who works at AutoZone will come to your house and mm -hmm. help you install it into your ass. Yeah, yeah, he will help you. Uh, yeah, uh, we have an exclusive partnership with AutoZone. AutoZone's trained technicians will actually come to your house to install your car battery. No need to go to their store. Um, you just sign up on our website, uh, that's uh, poop dot poop and you go, you just sign up on the website for the car battery, $40,000. Um, the AutoZone tech will come into your house. They'll help you, uh, stick the car battery up to your butthole. Uh, they'll also connect the jumper cables, uh, so that you can hook it up to the car. Cause that's where you really get the charge is then when you hook it up to a car and they so start the car. You hook up a car battery to a car without a battery? No, no. This is a working car. Okay. You're jumping the cables. And if you don't have a car, yes, you can use the AutoZone technician's car. Yeah, because I was about to say, that's a little environmentally unfriendly to just assume that people have cars. Yeah, so we've we've thought about that, Art, frankly. I mean, uh, poop is really a holistic program. Yeah, you're, it means you're... Not just keeping our bodies healthy, right. but keeping the earth healthy. Right. Right. 
Um, you have a lot of different products. So I'm really glad that on this uh, episode about a missing plane that we really dive deep into your side project, your side hustle. Poop. Yeah. Yeah. I think poop is really going places. Um, I mean, look for uh, look for poop to slide into your inbox. Uh Coming up, we're going to be sending out some emails. You're doing an email campaign, little yeah. ad campaign. You could sign up on the website. Poop. I mean, poop. I mean, don't don't be shocked if you see poop all over the all over the city you live in because right. we're going to be doing some aggressive marketing. Um, some of the marketing in San Francisco, I think you guys have been doing some guerrilla gonzo marketing, mm-hmm. leaving actual piles of shit. Yeah, all over the streets. Yeah, and then we put a little sign in it that says, "This is bad. Try poop." And then there's, you know, it's like one of those pieces of paper where you pull off the yeah. little tab and it's, it's for a, uh, it's for a free one ounce sample of hot liquid, hot magma. <laughs> wow. All right. Off the bat blanket statement, Andy, I am fucking shocked to see this episode in the top five. And I am shocked to see this, this episode be so downloaded. <laughs> This is a, tell me, what is it about this topic in this episode that is so interesting? Um, I'm sorry to dunk on it. No, we dunked on it in the episode. We did. It's, it's based off a weekly world news it's story. Weekly world news. I mean, I guess this just goes to show how good a job weekly world news does. <laughs> That's true. It, it, it really kicked off a love affair. That's a good silver lining with weekly world news, Andy. You have some stats about the episode that you want to share. Oh yeah, well, stat st- stats. I don't. I don't Someone know. call this guy five thirty eight over here. Additional information about the episode. I mean, your stats blog, of course, is four twenty sixty nine. Right, right, yeah. Not five thirty eight. <laughs> right, four twenty sixty nine. Much better, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I call myself uh, Nate Silverback. <laughs> um. So. So in in episode, here are some things that uh, if you haven't listened to the Pan Am flight. 914 episode in a while you might have forgotten uh the lore for that episode what was going on back then uh we were two daddies of course and i taught peon how to shave but i bought a foam daddy and the bathroom got filled with foam oh wow uh, and i went outside to get rid of some of the foam and i tripped a wire and got tranquilized in the butt uh and was you know, transported to the bunker recording studio. Ah, and for you, you took baby David Crosby on a walk. Um, but we also learned that part of your backstory is that, uh, you doxed and swatted the original Gerber baby who is now, (laughs) who is now a 94 year old woman. (laughs) Oh yeah. I forgot. I did that. I have a checkered past. So David Crosby, (laughs) adult baby, David Crosby, being the precocious little scamp that he is, he rented a car at Hertz, and the two of you started to drive to the original Gerber baby, uh, Ann Turner Cook's house, uh, but you stopped on the way for a Dairy Queen uh, where you got into an argument with the staff trying to haggle the price, uh, and you got tranquilized. That's classic me. And transported back to the bunker. Um, yeah, well, adult baby David Crabby is, is still not the Gerber baby, uh, which is fucking bullshit. Yeah. Ann Turner Cook needs to give up that throne. It's time. Uh, we all know it. We know you're not a baby anymore, Ann Turner. She's Cook. not a baby anymore. Adult baby David Crosby is. And he's cute enough to be the Gerber baby. Yes. That motherfucker. I'm sorry to call my son a motherfucker, but he is. And he will be. Yeah. Uh, and uh, look, he's only a baby. And he's already fathered children. <laughs> 
Uh, he is cute enough to sell mashed peas, mashed carrots, whatever you want. Squash. Life insurance policies Life for babies. Life insurance policies for babies. 10,000 years by the time they... $10,000. 10,000 years. $10,000 by the time they turn 18. <laughs> Matures in 10,000 years. Um. So, yeah, I, I like that. That's good. Thank you for reminding me about that. Yeah. Uh, well, I need to get back on that, getting adult baby David Crosby next year. Yeah. Because we're still going to be two gonna daddies. Make that a 2022 priority. That'll be a, a top priority for me. Right. Yeah. And I think that's a good focus for you. Uh-huh. Uh huh. This episode, Pan Am Flight 914, was suggested by a bunk bunker. That's right. Named Robert. Thank uh, you, Robert. Who suggested it on Instagram. Uh, and in case you don't remember, uh, we agreed on the verdict for this. Wow. Uh, case closed. And it was just a weekly world news article. <laughs> it's a very short episode too. I, I can't, I can't fit. I don't know. It's, I mean, it's fairly short. We spend a lot of time talking about anything other than the actual topic. Sure. Um, I think this was the episode where we learned about my health company poop. My alternative, you know, my answer You're, to Gwyneth Piltrow's goop. Goop. Right. Yeah. Um, that's true. I do. I do remember poop. Maybe another thing that we need to focus on in 2022. Yeah. Growing poop. Growing poop. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, this is a fine topic. I don't mean to dunk on it. I just don't. There's certain topics that I'm shocked didn't make the top five. And I'm shocked that this did. What's one that you're shocked about that didn't make the top All five? All right. All right. I'll let the cat out of the bag, Funk Funkers. We talked about it earlier. Our 100 episode topic, one of the biggest topics in all of this Genre, Bigfoot, mm-hmm. does not make our top five this year. It was close, but it didn't make it. It's an honorable mention. Yeah. Which we didn't do an honorable mention section like we did last year, but that's fine. We don't need to do that. It's too much work. That's why it needs to go to voting, which is so much easier <laughs> than trying to, you know, figure out downloads. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Bunk Funker, since we're talking about the honorable mentions, we're not gonna we're not gonna have clips or anything, but here are the honorable mentions. Oh, okay. You have the honorable mentions. Yeah, they're down they're down here too. Oh, they're <laughs> they're in the they're, they're in, in the that list. document? Yeah. Well no, maybe they're kind of deleted some. Okay, well never mind then. It's fine. Mention some of them. Sure. Well, some some that are on here that were that also had a good year. Uh Lake City Quiet Pills. Lake City Quiet Pills. That's a very good episode. That's a great fucking topic and a great episode. Such an interesting story. Uh The Tall Whites and Charles Hall. Oh, who doesn't love aliens? Uh, Alistair Crowley, Alistair Crowley, uh, the Phoenix Lights, uh, wow. the uh, the the a UAP G special, a Jeremy G special, the UAPs in Phoenix, uh, and the Coral Castle, the wow. Florida Coral Castle. <laughs> it's a castle made of coral. Titular castle made, titular of coral. Castle made of coral. So those are some of the those are some of the ones that didn't quite make the cut. For also the top heavy five. hitters. Yeah, heavy hitters. These are sluggers. These are Frank Thomas. Uh, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa specials, Barry Bonds. I didn't put a lot of thought into what my favorite episode of the year was. Um, oh, that's a good thing that we should have done. Yeah, we should have thought about that. They, we had we had some good ones that I am honestly surprised that didn't make. I mean, Lake City Quiet Pills, I thought was a great episode. Um, Based on what topic? Yeah, the topic yeah. And, and and the amount of research. Uh, that's I think, true. We have the claim to fame as being the most complete Lake City Quiet Pills research available. We have aggregated everything else that has ever existed about that. I'm gonna put that. I'm gonna put that stamp on there because okay. you know we get yeah. we get shit on sometimes for our research. 
that we didn't do enough of it or blah, blah, blah. We're government shills, blah, 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 blah. You can't shit on us for like City Quiet Pills because we've covered the gamut. It was a great topic and a great... Uh, covered the gamut. Great episode. Um, how about the Axeman of New Orleans? Oh, with David Flora of the Blurred Flutters podcast. The podcast. Uh, that was a good episode. It's a great one. Uh, um, how about David Flora? How about Edgar Casey? The how Sleeping about Prophet? Edgar Casey with, with our lovely DJ from Pick Me? That's right. Um, how about the Westfield Watcher? That was a fun one. Ooh, very creepy. We very were just talking creepy. about that one in the Discord. Yeah, that one came up. Um, let's see. What's another fun one here? Um, well, that's all I got right now. Mm. Um, so anyway, Hollow Fractal Universe. How about that one? There's a mind very trip. complicated one. Yeah, that's a very complicated that one. That took, uh, too much research. Yeah. We had alternative three with our with our friend oh, Jacob Carson. Jason, Jacob Carson of Into the Void. Into the Void. And uh, manifesting manifesting Marvel. Marvel. And of course not and then, and then of course Stranger Times podcast. Stranger Times, yeah. So he's in, got in, uh, in, he's got Into the Void, Stranger Times, and Manifesting Marvel. We love all of our guests and our friends, and we 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 ask that you uh bunkfuckers come out and support them. Uh you know, we did some great guest episodes this year. That's some fun thing to talk about. We do. We love guest um, episodes. Let's start a cult. The Twisted Ten. Oh yeah, we had Chen Tao. That was just just right. not that old at the time oh, of this recording um, with our, with our friend Josh from Let's Start One. I think we guested with this year for Rendlesham, and maybe that was last year. I can't remember. Was that this year or was it late? Probably would have been year? last year. I think we went on their show this year. We did do that. I can't remember what I've done or haven't. Yeah, done. Rendlesham. Well, Rendlesham. In the new system, in the new voting system, Rendlesham would count because it was dropped December 9th of 2020. So it would technically be, should count. So we did Rendlesham Forest with- You know what? We're going to, we're going to really- Well, we'll we'll really nail this down over the next 365 days. Don't worry. It's, you know, three years in the making. We'll give us some time to figure out how to do a top five. Right. (laughs) Don't worry, bugfuckers. We'll we'll work out the kinks. This isn't, you know, Yeah. This isn't now that's what I call music or anything or like whatever top top whatever hits those CDs. Look, we told you there's no interns and I think it really shows. You know what, Andy? I I think we got to get to the next on this countdown. Yeah, let's move on in the countdown. So coming in at number four on the Bunkmas episode 2021 recap is Gray Aliens. one yeah uh so the society on the planet apex was pretty friggin' rad okay it it fucking ruled uh except they advanced their technology so fast that it surpassed their spiritual development this imbalance caused the rapid evolutions of their appearance into the humanoid-esque appearance we know and love today of typical aliens and it also caused them to have sterility and reproductive problems this rapid technological boom came at the expense of their morals and emotions, causing the Apexians to look at morals and emotions as inferior and valuing technology and materialism. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. Do I identify with this art? I might be descended from the Apexians because not only am I sterile, but I also am obsessed with technology and lack moral fiber. I frequently go into sharper image and use the massage chair and then ask all the sales reps for a happy ending. You've been kicked out of a lot of malls. <laughs> yeah, I'm fucked up. But I'm thinking it's part of my Apexian heritage, clearly. You might just be an asshole, Andy. Yeah, please, Art. Let me continue with the story of my people. All right. Respect me, please. 
The Apexians were so obsessed. My people, the Apexians, were so obsessed with tech and considered science their quote-unquote religion. <laughs> Again, another, another point. Yeah, you might have a point. Societies were torn apart and political and military conflicts on the planet caused a massive destructive war that wiped out the vast majority of the population. Now, the planet's surface, the, 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 the planet that the Apexians inhabited, um, Apex, much like Andy's brain, became an uninhabitable corrupted surface. Um, with the Apexian species on the verge of extinction, they tried a bunch of different methods to prolong their race, including cloning one another. Uh, but eventually that too proved ineffective as it just led to more issues with their DNA. I mean, these people could not reproduce. The Apexians realized the only way they could survive was to find another humanoid species to cross-populate with and fill the gaps in their damaged DNA. And thus, the Apexians began their quest. A quest which we would all love to partake in one day of fucking and sucking across the galaxy. Oh, baby, that's my dream job. That's what hey, I Inter mean. Intergalactic sex machine. An intergalactic gigolo. <laughs> now, during their quest across the universe to find the right species to crossbreed with, the Apexians ended up, I mean, just creating many of the gray alien species seen today. The Apexians not only want to fix their DNA, but also recover their lost morality, emotions, and spirituality. At this point, there are so many Apexian-born gray species that some have gone off to form their own civilizations and colonies in other parts of the universe. It's expansive. And here's some more of my family history. Uh, these are all the main gray alien uh, slash Apexian subspecies seen today and their locations. And this is this is what is the first of numerous lists yes. uh, throughout this uh, section of the, the episode, Bunk Funker. So <clears throat> here we go. There's Sirius A, uh, which is home of a dark brown skin type of grays. There's Bellatrix, home of the tall grays or tall white grays. There's Rigel, home of three types of short grays. The first type is considered as the most violent, aggressive gray species. There's Betelgeuse or Betelgeuse or Betelgeist, depending on who you talk to uh, or how you want to spell it, which is home of a group of, I like Betelgeuse, frankly. Yeah. Uh, home of a group of tall grays known as Eban. Uh, there's Mintaka, home of a group of brown-skinned grays and a group of tall grays with green eyes. Uh, the Orion Nebulae region, uh, an unknown star system, which is home uh, of a group of greys very similar to EBE2 from Zeta Reticuli 2. HR244, home of a pale blue skin type of greys. You've got Mu Signi, home of a group of short greys. Short greys. Uh, Epsilon Boetis, home of a short type of greys with snow white skin. Wow. Beautiful white skinned grays <laughs> but they're still gray they're still gray uh zeta reticuli one and two uh the original apexians migrated to the fourth planet orbiting zeta reticuli two uh they're known today as eb1 and ebe2 uh these are likely the most common gray and we'll touch more on them later we'll touch more on a lot of these later yeah actually. yeah a lot of these the, are going to come back yeah uh alpha reticuli home of a small group of pale blue skinned grays uh you've got polaris which is home of a very short type of grays uh, a nomadic civilization. Um, you've got Barnard Star, uh, which is home of an orange-skinned type of grace. Uh, and then there's Arcturus, home of the most peaceful type of grace. Uh, 
Hello, is this a sexy fan fiction novel and subsequent major motion picture I'm seeing here? Because this is sounding like Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> well, either way. And then they bang. Uh, well, either way, all I have to do is get one of these M&Ms in my mouth and they'll melt. Yeah. So fuck them. Yeah. Don't ever try and fuck my alien wife. M&Ms. If any M&M listeners are listening to the show right now, you try and fuck my alien wife, listen to me. M&M's I will come after you I will eat you and even though I cannot have the peanut M&M because I cannot have peanuts I will get my friend Andy to come in and eat you I'll eat him on up. my behalf and if there are any M&M listeners <laughs> out there uh yeah we'll say mom spaghetti mom spaghetti you yeah. guys are fine you M&M listeners now we're talking specifically to the M&M listeners the M and M listeners yeah if you're an M&M listener, you're fine. If you are an anthropomorphic candy, candy shell-coated piece of chocolate from the Mars Company, and you're listening to the show and you try and have sex with my alien wife, I will fuck you up, dude. Because I'm here to protect my alien family. I got a badass spaceship, the American Hog. I got a ray gun. I got a translator. I have, I have holographic... Shape-shifting abilities now. Wow. What, when did that happen? I, that's, I also negotiated that as oh, well. Oh, jeez. You're good. So good at negotiations. I would have never thought of that. These greys, they only want one thing. A sperm. But I've taken over their one of their ships. So they're going to have to send another colony ship, another one of these big transport ships. Yeah. But I've already fallen. I've already fallen in love with my alien wife. She's beautiful. She looks like the green M&M. We just get each other. Yeah. She's a winning personality. You remember that one commercial where they're strong, intelligent, independent. It's a 50, 50 relationship, Andy. It's not like a thing where, yeah, you know, she's in the kitchen serving me up. I don't tell her, Hey, get back into the kitchen. Yeah. That would be rude. Yeah. And inappropriate for a team. It's a partnership. It's a partnership. We're raising our alien human baby hybrid. We will look like half an M&M, half a human. Oh my son! Why would you? Why would you look half an M M&M? and M? It's just a trick of the eyes, isn't it? It's just, you know, it's just for. I mean, she's gonna always look like an M M&M. and M. Oh, she permanently changed. Don't her make appearance. fun of my family. <laughs> Don't make fun of my hypothetical alien family, because I'm already very attached to them, and you know how I get. Oh, I know. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to come between you. In your alien if you family. try and fuck my wife, my alien wife, Andy, I swear to God. I would never do that to you. Good. Because I will blast you with my ray gun. Love this one. This is a... Ah, love this topic. Love an alien topic. This is like... Um, love an alien species topic. We love alien species topics, and this is one of those... And so do the bunk funkers. Yeah, clearly. These always... Just like go fucking bananas for these things. And this is one of those like very foundational. So pieces. foundational. This is like, this is the big one. This is the big daddy. The, the gray aliens as a alien species and as a conspiracy are the foundation of like so much like right. weight and heft throughout most of the topics that you cover in some, even like, I don't want to spoil anything, but like, you know, it's a big part of like, I don't want to spoil it, but it's a big part of like a lot of alien shows, 
it's just that like gray aliens came to this planet. They're doing alien human hybrids as a means of either cloning themselves or for the government to do nefarious things with. They're here. They're in a galactic war. They live amongst us, but there's alien human hybrid DNA and all this shit. And they're going to colonize us. It's the basis of so much. It's and it's such a fun topic to just talk about goofy little alien peoples. No, no around. alien race, I think, has as at least in my mind, as extensive, complete allure as the gray aliens. Maybe the reptilians. Yeah, the reptilians have a lot. Yeah. Um, I feel like I feel like reptilians more. It's more about like how they've infiltrated our own society. Sure. And are actually controlling it. Fair enough. I mean, I know there's like a pretty extensive background story for reptilians as a race, but it sort of feels like gray aliens. It's more of a um, a symbiosis than it is with reptilians. Possibly. I mean, I do think that there's some people like they want to colonize us. Right. But then there's other people that say, no, they're benevolent. Right. right. There's, there's, there's like I. that's one thing I learned is that there's like um, like. 50 fucking different versions of these motherfuckers. Yeah, there's a lot. And most of them aren't gray. Yeah. Yeah, this was a very, uh, this is a very list heavy episode. Um, you know, a lot was. of lists, a lot was. of lists in there about so list heavy. All the underground bases, oh all the different species, the spaceships that they have. Oh, yeah, all their spaceships and stuff. So it's a lot of lists in that one. If, if, if you're a big list fan, you like lists, you know, you're gonna love that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's no wonder that I think this is a perfect. Top five episode. Yeah, this is this, some, one, uh, this one that fits in here. Stats so, on this one, Andy? So let's talk about this. Yeah, let's talk about the stats. Here's with the stats, that This man. is what would be on the back of this episode's baseball card. <laughs> uh, the lore, it, we, it was a daddy's daddy's time. Well, we're still daddies. We're still daddies. So uh, we were actually celebrating that week Daddy's Day, which, oh. in case you forgot, this is the floating holiday that daddies get to decide when it happens. <laughs> um, Peon and David Crosby baked a cake for us. Aww. Which we assumed there was a stripper inside. Of course. Uh, but it actually, there was no, it was like some really burly stripper. Um, and we ended up getting taken back to the recording studio. Siri, Alexa, hey Google, remind me to punish my kids for baking a burly stripper into a shitty cake. Okay. <laughs> I saved that reminder. Oh, I forgot I had series set to the Orville Redenbacher voice. The best popcorn in Indiana. <laughs> yummy, yummy, yummy. I like butter on it. <laughs> uh, uh, we, thank you, Orville Redenbacher. We got to ring a bunker alarm for one of our uh, beloved patrons, Paul Casey. Wow. Oh, thank you, Paul. Um, and uh, here are our verdicts on the gray aliens. Ooh. Um, I was plausible quark on the overall existence of the gray aliens. Okay. Very low. You were plausible minus minus. You were a little bit higher than me because you had more hope for a gray alien. uh, Love a gray alien. Who manifested itself as a green M&M and became your wife. Oh, that's right. I did want to have sex with a green M&M alien wife. Right. That's true. And I still have that hope and dream one day. Yeah. Uh, because apparently some of these grays can shapeshift, right? They can yeah, take they can on take on forms. take on other forms, and so you were optimistic about. Please don't fuck my alien wife. Right, right. You didn't want anyone to fuck the green M and M, your alien wife, and you were hopeful that that would come to fruition. Mm-hmm. Well, a boy can dream. Yeah, 
Um, great topic. I don't think this was suggested by anybody. No, no, no. no. So um, not a suggestion. The uh, alien species topics always make it super high up, and they're so fun to do. Yeah, it's so it's just a fun. I have so much fun with those. I don't know how you feel, but I fucking have so much fun with those episodes. Yeah, I think it's fun. I think that um, I like lore. Like I like species and understanding lore and like little critters and fucking like doodads, and little thingamajigs. Maybe I'm a list guy. Am I a list guy? You definitely are a list guy. Oh fuck, I'm a list guy. Yeah, I'm a list guy. Yeah, you might as well be Mr. List because call me Mr. List. You call ah. me Listerine. I mean, I think if we went back and looked at the whole catalog for the show. <laughs> And we said, which episodes have the most lists in them? I think those are going to be my favorites. Yeah, those are going to be the, those are going to be the ones you like. Those I like are a good list, man. The ones you've been the most involved in. You just you know what you're getting with a list. You see, okay, here's it's in either nominal, ordinal order. I don't give a fuck. It's a list. I know what I'm getting from top to bottom. And you can you can you can always change things up with a list. You're not you're not like being sold a paragraph. You have to you're taking that thing. Right? Yeah. A sentence? That's how it's... Try changing a sentence. You got to worry about the subject and the nouns and the verbs, adjectives. The list, you can add, you can take away, you can do shorthand, you cannot, you can uh, you can do whatever you want with a list. You know what you're getting. Everybody knows what a list is. You hand someone a list. They're going, okay, I got to go from top to bottom, get all the things on it. Like, yeah. you just... I love a list. Yeah. What's wrong with that? I love a list. I love a list. Nothing's wrong with lists. I guess I'm more of a paragraph person. Yeah, you're a nerd. Yeah, I'm a nerd. I'm a nerd. I love I love making things more complicated than they need to yeah, be. Yeah, you want to read like a big fucking thing. I just want a list, baby. Give me yeah, those just, bullet points. Just <laughs> shoot them off like a fucking like a <laughs> quick draw McGraw over here. Yeah. Pew, pew, pew. There's my list, baby. Yeah, quick. Go get me those eggs, milk feel and cheese. Quick draw McGraw. Love a list. Yeah. Funk Funkers, how do you feel about lists? Let us know what your thoughts are on lists. You a list guy or a, or a big fucking document guy? You're a document guy. Is that oh, what you're saying? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you want to read that, a big honking. I think that really shows through. I'm a document. Like, that's how I approach these topics. That's true. The way you write is very like, this is a academic paper. Right. The way I write is very like. Here's some fucking, I'm not going to do any more work. Here's yours, some bullet points. Yours is like the academic paper, except you you didn't start it until 12 hours before it was due. Yeah. And I'm changing all the periods to like font size 14 to make it actually hit the pages instead of 12 times New Roman. I love a list. Yeah. I won't deny it. I love a list. It's fine. I'm big into lists. I'm, it's fine. Get You know what I want for Christmas? I don't need no presents. Give me that list, Sam. Yeah, Santa, give me your list. Give me your list. Naughty or nice. Let me see that list. Oh, I know what's up. Santa, show me that list. <laughs> you can give all the cookies and milk you want, baby. Give me that list. Show me that list. Let us see that list, big boy. <laughs> hey, holly jolly, jiggly, jelly belly, full man. Hey, big red. Hey, big red. Give me see that list. Let me see, show me that list. <laughs> I got a present for you. You want to stuff my stocking? Stuff it with my stuff it with your big big long list. <laughs> stuff it with that. I heard you packing a big long list, old man. Why don't you whip that bad boy out? Let me see how far it scrolls. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh, it's unfurling all the way through my house. It goes from the back door to the front. Oh, what's that, that list? That's the name of every child on earth. <laughs> oh wow. <gasps> Good what dad. a list. Oh, it's so well organized. You can keep adding or cross things out as much as you please. <laughs> I love a list. Yeah. You look. He loves lists. 
I love lists. I won't. I won't deny let it. it. I'm not ashamed the, of it. Let the record show. Art loves lists. I love a good list. Um, yeah. Then I, I love, love this list. topic. Yeah, it's a great topic. Um, any final thoughts? No, no. I think uh, I think we should maybe jump on over into number three here, Andy. All right, then moving on to number three on the Bunkmas 2021 year-end recap is the world's going to end in 2012. Or it did end in 2012, I guess. We're already many years past that. Ever heard of stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of stoicism with a lowercase s and not stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis, to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three times a week podcast teaching stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. A news story gets shared by a friend on social media, or you catch a tweet that really makes your blood boil. But how do you separate fact from fiction? That's the premise behind Disinformation, a 10-part series from Evergreen Podcasts and Emergent Risk International coming this fall. Tune in to Disinformation wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, don't believe everything you read. Now, folks, we would be remiss if we didn't also mention another doomsday theory that sprung up from the Mayan 2012 calendar, a mysterious planet X, which, no, bunk funkers, is not a totally rad planet where all the inhabitants have gelled, spiky hair, painted nails, and jinko jeans so large they can act as military-grade parachutes. No, the air isn't bong smoke, and the rainfall isn't Mountain Dew. And no, everyone on Planet X doesn't commute by skateboard or BMX bike. If Planet X was all those things, don't you think Art and I would live there and be the planet's supreme rulers? Come on. Come on. We'd fit right in. We'd, fit, we'd be King Chad. Yeah, we would. On that planet. Anywho, Planet X was also believed to be Nibiru, the home of the ancient alien race, the Anunnaki. Anyway, the theory goes that in 2012, Planet X, or Nibiru, was going, going to crash into Earth. That was maybe what the Mayans got from this galactic alignment, or portal, or, or what have you. 
Other catastrophes which were tied to the 13th Bakhtun included natural disasters of all proportions, alien invasions, the Earth's magnetic poles would reverse, massive solar flares triggering a blast equivalent to 100 billion atomic bombs, solar storms. A red giant would undergo a supernova causing massive damage to Earth. Due to the galactic alignment, there would be a supermassive black hole at the center of the universe. That nobody would say that because stuff does happen. Um, I think I actually disagree with you. Yeah, I see but I also, your, I also, I also agree with you in some ways. Okay, but you you put a lot of shit into that. All right, yeah, statement. I crammed a lot into that. Like we, um, like okay, AI. Like we got to talk about that in a minute. We got to talk about uh, like the Black Tom thing and like that bringing up examples of stuff we didn't know happened. Like and saying it's like a Mandela effect, which I want to talk about as well. But the idea of the events, I think I disagree with you. I think I think there was less stuff happening back then. Like you think like I think what McKenna's trying to get at, and I'll be honest, I kind of wrote off McKenna at first. I was like, Okay. Fucking goddamn hippie. Fucking hippie. Fucking with your your <laughs> you you, you use big words. David Foster Wallace ass motherfucker. Yeah. Don't talk <laughs> like me. A fucking dummy. Who says fuck too much and shit? I have a potty mouth. He's got these big ass fucking words that's totally undigestible to me. Like you, brainiac, <laughs> dirigible from last week. Oh, we're still on dirigible. All the other fucking words you've put in scripts over the years that I don't know how to pronounce and you don't give me a pronunciation. <laughs> hey, I've learned, I've grown. I gave you, I give you so many pronunciations now. True, you have. You have grown. Um, I just didn't know nah, you. Now, if you listen to Terrence McKenna talk, it's like, is such an academic. Like, uh, you just roll your eyes. She's like, get to the fucking point. <laughs> Shut up. These big words. Epoch. Just say the fucking point in time when it's all going to come crashing to hold. Reaching its peak. Dork. Um, I was going to write him off, but honestly, the more I listened to him talk, I was kind of like, I, I think I kind of agree with it. It's like, I think it's all kind of relative. Like, he's like, you got to map like the whole span of the universe. Like a billion year ago, years ago, there was fucking nothing. He's talking about like, yeah, if true. you map like where human civilization starts, it's like an exponential graph. Like it is like whoosh, like number of events, just shit happening. Major cataclysmic events. Like mm -hmm. he's talking about like bombings are here, like all the wars. Think about all the wars that have happened, even just in the modern 20th century. Like, the major, all of the major events with those and like, oh Christ. I mean, it's just a lot, but then it's like for the vast majority of the existence of the universe, I mean, there's just nothing going on. There's nothing. Fucking particles running around. I mean, maybe like one, two fused and that was like an event. There's one, one event happened. Two of them banged. They gave off some shit. And then suddenly helium existed. Oh shit, now helium's here. Let's hang out for a billion years, helium, and get to know you. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you think about it relative like that, it's like, I think there are more events. But I want to say this. I, I think there are more events happening now because of social media and because of the internet. We could say like, oh, yeah, well, if the internet and social media was back in ancient Egyptian times, but it's like it wasn't. People weren't as connected. That's fair. The vast majority of people lived their short little lives. They just lived, bor were borthed. <laughs> educated maybe if they were lucky worked died maybe had kids that was your life nothing major 
And they didn't know about things happening in Greece. They didn't know about things happening in Rome. I don't know if those happened at the same time. I don't care. Or India or China. America. Canada. <laughs> Which didn't exist. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It's like we do have the internet now. We have to say about this like in the present terms. It's like I do actually think more things happen now because of the internet. Like because we're more connected now than ever before. Because information can travel so fucking fast. You, you, we hear about things happening in Syria. We hear about things happening in fucking China. You hear about things happening in Taiwan. You hear about things happening in Japan and North Korea. It's like, I mean, even just, even 30 years ago, Andy, you'd have to like go out, find a radio, a TV, or a newspaper to get that info. Maybe, if you were lucky. If they, if they decided to do a story on it. Now... It's too much. <laughs> We're too connected. But you could get it constantly at any moment and whenever you want, forever, at all times. You could sit on a toilet all day long and I read do. everything everywhere that has ever happened ever. I do. I mean, the amount of data that even just goes into YouTube every day is like, I think, more data that has ever been uploaded ever in the human history ever. Or something crazy. It's some crazy stat like that. And I do think because of that, more events are happening today. Because people know more things. That's what I, that's my argument with that. So okay. You don't like the idea that there's more events happening, but I think there are. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull an inverse art here and agree with you, but I'm gonna disagree with you, but also agree with you. <laughs> uh, so first of all, on McKenna, I think that that's a very humanist view of the universe. I don't think that most astrophysicists would say, "Yeah, this <laughs> nothing fucking happened for a billion years." Like. There's there's things happening. It's just that humans didn't exist. And so McKenna's sort of writing that off as being nothing happened. Yeah. You know, because we don't have any empathy or relation to subatomic particles. They're just pieces the of Higgs boson. We want to give it a little kiss. Yeah, we want to give it a little that's one that's cute, adorable. I want to make sure it's comfy. Um but that's that's my my feeling on that is that that's very human focused. Uh and you know, obviously if you if you draw it like that and you say, oh, over the course of human, over the course of history of our universe, humans occupy just about a blip, barely even, you know, like if you were like drawing lines to represent hundreds, thousands of years, like humanity doesn't even like. You need a microscope to see it. You know, yeah, exactly. It's it's so insignificant in the, the span of the universe, but it doesn't mean that the universe is immaterial. I mean, we, I mean, like our sun is more than 4 billion years old, like, Right. He's got a big, long gray beard. I haven't talked to him in a while. He never calls. He never calls. <laughs> Ever since he moved out to college. <laughs> You're right. Yes, our son is fucking ancient. Yeah, and so, and, and so it was. It was existing. It was doing stuff. I mean, it was. But like, are those major events? You I know? think. I think if they didn't happen, you know, we would certainly have appreciated it. But I, how do you define if it's a major event? I, I guess I don't know because I guess that's we didn't a very humanist, that you know, yeah. angle on it too to say major event. Uh, new stars coming into existence. I mean, that's a major event. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think old though, stars dying out. That's a major event. But Black how holes. long does that take? Yeah, I mean, it takes a long time. And then you think about like how long it just takes for like in the example we said, like an idea. But to to like flip this on its ear, you know, if we say like a major stuff happens every day now, like every day there's a major story on Earth, right? To the universe. Everything major here is pointless and insignificant. If there was an extraterrestrial race 
Do you think that they would care even a little bit about anything that happened here? No, I mean, if if we if they could the travel to the scale into consideration, yeah. like they would be beyond us. Yeah, I mean, our major events would seem beyond insignificant. Like it would be so insignificant for them not even to be. I mean, like didn't didn't Hawking even say that it's like the anthill theory that extraterrestrials would probably just pass over us because we're so insignificant. Yeah, in our development. If they truly could travel across the stars like the way that we often depict they can. Yeah. Their level of technology would be so far beyond ours. They would. They would be it would, inconceivable. If we found a planet that was populated by like little critters from the book series, the little critter book, if it was a world populated by those. I imagine them looking like the the old McDonald's commercial where they had the little chicken McNuggets. <laughs> Those two, the the McNugget kids are there, yeah. fry kids. Um, if we found a planet that was populated by that stuff, would we say like, oh, we would say nothing happens there, right? Like it yeah. would be really insignificant. Like that's the difference. Like we would probably be like, oh, this is interesting. But we wouldn't be like, wow, there's lots of stuff happening here. We'd be like, oh, it's just a bunch of goddamn animals. And that's probably what extraterrestrials would be like to us. So that's yeah, that's on McKenna. Uh, let's see. What was the next thing <laughs> you brought up? Uh, I don't know. The, the internet? Yeah, I guess because we're connected through the internet, more events are happening. I agree with you on that point, and I agree with you that yes, it's it's probably me arguing in bad faith, like I usually do, to say that if they had the internet back then, but they didn't. Right. So you can't really react to that. Although I would also challenge the idea that everybody is super connected to everything. Like I do think that there are some people, and I don't think an insignificant portion of people who uh, live their lives today, they maybe are educated and then they just kind of work and then they die. Like I, for sure. I don't think that it's like it's most people don't live that way. Like I think that's a lot of people actually. And I'm not judging that as a lifestyle. I'm just saying like, I don't think everybody is a newsmaker. No, not, Every, not I mean, everybody's like involved but in these major even, events. Even not even 30 years ago, even 10, 15 years ago, I wouldn't know what kind of haircut Grimes gave her and Elon Musk's baby. <laughs> But because it's today, I know that she gave it a Viking haircut. Yeah. I don't know why I fucking need to know that. You don't. I don't want to get uh, started on a rant, uh, but oh, I, he's I'm on the very verge. close to he's the He's on edge. the verge. And I'm about to break out of the little room to breathe. <laughs> he's on the edge, people. I was about to get into a rant about how much I hate Twitter and I think it's bad for society. But anyway, uh, I'm not going to. But that, We got other stuff we got to talk about. But that's my that's my thinking is that there's... You know, it's like if you if you if you put humanity in the scale of the universe, you also have to like think about events on a universal scale. And like we've had almost no impact on the universe. True. We've almost ruined the planet we live on, but we haven't had no impact beyond that. I, I think about, though, like if you think about like people who make policy or policymakers. I mean, the amount of like you can just get like a story instantly, whereas even 10 years ago, 20 years ago, in 2000, it would have to be like a, um, you would have to like go get intel and there have to be a major event and then it would take a little while to like generate a response. And now it's just like, you got to respond like instantly, instantly, tweet, 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 fucking TV, live video stream, you know? Yeah. It's like, fuck, it's exhausting. Yeah. And we're kind of at this weird apex where it's like we were there at the start of the end almost i don't want to say it like that but 
you and I both remember what it was like to not have internet. <laughs> we were yeah. born before Google existed. Yeah. And we saw, like, we got to see the, what is essentially like an almost new industrial revolution with the internet and the way that it just exploded and social media and how they've literally changed the world in the last couple span of years. Yeah. I mean, it, your kid's not going to understand that. No. Well, I mean, to a degree he will, but he won't. I mean, like let's read about it in the history. Books. That's the thing. The rate of change is just going to keep increasing. I mean, yeah. that's the thing is like the more, the more computing power we can apply to our problems means the faster that society advances. And that's just, that's just the way it is. It's like, Humans by themselves can only do so much, you know, 100%. there's a limit to our brains. There's a limit to what we can accomplish. But now that we have machines that can, you know, exponentially increase our power to solve problems, like society is just going to continue to change faster and faster. We've talked about this just by ourselves, like just chit chatting, you know, have a yeah. little chit chat. You know how we do a little tea we time chit chats. We, we have a lot of uh, really depth philosophical conversations when we talk to each other yeah yeah oh yeah real philosophical it's mostly me fucking yelling and screaming and ranting about <laughs> something stupid and going yeah well what are you gonna do yep that's about me it. being like subway they're not even a foot long they're actually 11 inches longer <laughs> yeah that's my rant and he cut the bread wrong on purpose <laughs> and andy kind of going ah, i just i just like the tuna i just buy two sandwiches <laughs> I want to talk about a little bit about quickly some of the Mandela effects that were listed in the Twitter thread, like the Black Tom thing. Yeah. It's like, sometimes I have a problem with some of these Mandela effects where it's like, well, why didn't I hear about this in school? And it's kind of like, I don't know. I didn't fucking hear anything about it either. It's, I mean, fucking this, US history, they always skip World War I. This gets to my point. It goes straight to World War II. This gets to my point um, about there's always stuff going on. It's like you didn't hear about it because there's you don't have enough time to learn everything. Yeah. Like you shouldn't expect that you heard every event like World War One and World War Two. Like, you know, you shouldn't expect that you know everything about everything or anything, everything about anything. And and then stuff like that I do have a problem with because then people say like this is a Mandela effect because this didn't used to exist. It's like just because you didn't know about it doesn't mean that it didn't exist before. Like, just because that guy didn't know about Svalbard doesn't mean that Svalbard never existed before he heard about it. Like, that is so stupid to me. Yeah. And I'm sorry. Of... I'm going to get on a rant. No, I know. Go, go on your rant. I know I recently made a comment that I was going to empathize more with people, but God damn it. Like, just because you don't know something doesn't mean that it fucking is indicative of, uh, like, a change in the fundamental fabric of the universe. Like, yeah. like I don't know a ton of fucking shit. It doesn't mean when I learn about it, I go, oh, well, God damn it. I didn't know about that before. How is this possible? The world has changed. There's a glitch in the matrix. It's like, no, I'm just a fucking inattentive piece of shit. <laughs> you are an inattentive piece of shit. I'm always trying to park my car in your valet and you're never there. <laughs> So fucking inattentive. How do I get my car keys back? I don't know. <laughs> I lost them. <laughs> uh, this is a fun topic. Wow, this is this is a heady one. Yeah, there was this was actually a three parter. There's three different sections of this topic. Yeah, because you got the you have the the whole okay. and a lot of lists. You got a lot. <laughs> 
another more list. Oh, give it to me. Because you got you got the whole you got the whole mind calendar. There was thing. the mind calendar part. You've got the whole uh, Terrence McKenna um, acceleration of time part. Yes, which we disagreed on. Yeah, we and some disagreements. And we've got the whole um, Mandela, simulation Mandela type of thing that came from a Twitter thread. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you've got. I mean, at least that's how I think of this. That episode. is how it is. It's yes. like there's there's this the root of this 2012 being a thing comes kind of out of the Mayan calendar. Those Mayan the calendars. 13th Baktun. Oh, Baktun. End of it. And love saying that word. And that's what it was, you know, interpreted as by uh -huh. people to be like 2012 at the end of 2012 or whatever. Um, and then you've got, you know, Terrence McKenna's whole thing on top of that. Of that, uh, time is accelerating. The Higgs boson. Oh, the Higgs boson. We we didn't we. Maybe there's more parts than three. Didn't we recap the entire Higgs boson? Does God particle discovery? Yeah, and there's also an element of CERN being taken over. the The large, the organization that runs the large super collider in Switzerland, CERN being taken over or being infiltrated by. Satanists or something oh, right. to use Satanists. it for evil or that they possibly created a black hole oh. and that that destroyed the world and that somehow we ended up uh -huh. also in a simulation yeah. at the same time that simultaneously everything went like inverted into Pew! the universe was destroyed because of a black hole created at the large uh, Hadron Super Collider and then we ended up in a simulation or something like that. Now I know we had some disagreements about this one, but I think I could probably guess our verdicts was that we were pretty close to case closed. Well, it's funny that you should bring that up. Oh, no. Let me just tell you what our verdicts were. Oh, and he's got the stats. Uh, Art, your verdict was plausible minus and a half. Okay. Uh, that the world ended in 2012. So just on that. Because of my fascination with simulation theory and believing in it. Right. In some capacity. And then you said... For Terrence McKenna's time acceleration hypothesis, Ooh. case confirmed. Yeah, I believe that that's that pretty true. hard. Yeah. Uh, and I said- As the bunk bunkers know, I'm a big time druggie. I like uh, doing drugs, tripping out, man. I know a lot of names for drugs. I've been very cool. A lot of people try to offer me drugs constantly. You know, Art loves lists, so he knows the list of all the names, <laughs> the street names of every drug. And what was your and what was your your verdict? Uh, I guess it was kind of a cop out. I was plausible because I was like, well, I guess any of this could be true. Oh Christ! So it's a pretty classic me verdict. Very classic document. Um, but guy I think the, you're right. Like during the discussion, we disagreed quite a bit about Terrence McKenna's stuff. Right. Like you know, I have because, a feeling that there's more to ingest now, and yeah. it feels like time is going faster. Whereas in the past, there wasn't that much going on. And in, I, in a singular person's life. And I said I disagreed with that, that I think that there's always been the same amount. It's just that we have more exposure mm -hmm. to stuff now, but it doesn't ultimately change the underpinnings of how the universe works. But I think that our exposure does make things feel like they're going faster and there is more going on. There's just so much. It's just exponential. I bought into it pretty hard. We both uh, rebutted the... I forget who the I forget the Twitter thread originator, but we both rebutted the um, oh the stuff about well I've never heard about that I was never taught that I've never heard about Sriabard well no it's no it's the uh, the whole thing of like 
Yeah, ever since 2012, the world has been shittier. So that's how we know no, that yeah, we're in a simulation no. because things are shittier now than they were. And it's like, no, I don't... The world's always been shitty. Yeah, I don't know why... I just watched a video the other day, uh, again, about the Balkan Wars and the things that were going on. Oh my God, that's Eastern so Europe. fucking shitty. Incredibly shitty. Genocides, warfare, horrible. And that was happening in the 90s when everybody thinks that, you know, the classic thing is always, well, the 90s are so fucking... Yeah, maybe for you yeah, yeah. in America. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, but of course, there was also horrible things that happened in the 90s in right. America as well. But I'm just joking that I feel like a lot of people from our generation, the trope is that, oh, if only we could go back to the 90s. It's yeah. like horrible shit happening in the 90s all the time. <laughs> Constantly. Yeah, if you went back to the 90s, you'd be like, this fucking sucks. <laughs> Nobody would go back to the 90s and be like, this is awesome finally i can wear flannel and listen to grunge it's like you could do that now yeah nobody's stopping you i don't i think i think that a lot of people i mean we talked about it in this episode i'm pretty sure where it's like some people have their own personal things that they say well my life has had this downward trajectory since this specific point yeah and then they hey. extrapolate and say i've talked to other people who feel the same way and it's like yeah but that's not every person's experience and that's not you can't say the universe is more shitty. That's now. not, you know, that doesn't prove causation or anything. Yeah. That's a very incredibly small sample size. Yeah. Yeah. You think there's like 8 billion people on earth. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I talked to like 10 people. Like if I go up to like, you know, the world was better then. Yeah. It's like, well, that doesn't mean anything. Right. It's like, and well, and first, though, I do want to say that I know this topic came from a bunk bunker, right? And were there any bunker alarms? Anyone we need to yeah, so, talk about here? So let's get to the short stuff first. So this we the episode was suggested by a bunk bunker, and That's we right. also rang the bunker alarm for this bunk bunker. Wow. Um, and we did a special request for this bunk bunker during the episode. That's right. This was suggested by Darcy from Manchester. Manchester. So we did our best Mancunian accents. And they were awful. That's right. And Darcy even gave us feedback on them about how bad they were. <laughs> we loved it. Yeah, it was great. Uh, Darcy sent a video, I think, or an audio recording. That's right. Of an actual Mancunian accent mm -hmm. um, just to, you know, dunk, underscore dunk really, on us. really how poorly we had done it. Yeah. But it was great. Now, the lore in this episode. Whoa. Let me tell you about the lore. Um, so we tried to short bunkless stocks. We lost a lot of money. Uh, we were, at the time, uh, both of us dressed like D. Snyder. Um, we were squatting in the bunker, and we decided to take Mr. Bunker to court. This was the beginning of our legal battle. Is this like a... Mr. Bunker. Some kind of fan fiction or something? I'm having a hard time remembering some of this. No, this... I know we went to court at one point, but I don't know. There's a lot of this stuff is very hazy to me. Well... It might be fan fiction. Well, maybe we were lying because we've been known to lie on the air and during these but episodes. But we're not liars. We're not liars, but we we do lie. I mean, it doesn't... But know, we're not liars. We're not liars. I mean, one lie doesn't make you a liar, or even a whole history of lying continually for most of your life doesn't make you a liar. That yeah, doesn't make you a liar. I'm not defined by it. No. So here's what, here's what I learned from listening to this episode. Um, we had Judge Judy as a judge uh, because we were turned down by Gary Busey from uh, apparently Gary Busey has some sort of a pet court show. Um, it's a great show. It's on Amazon. Check it out. We we sued for a number of demands. Uh, number one, to split the bunker three ways. Huh. Um, two, to get custody of Peon and huh. David Crosby's sperm since he had donated sperm to Peon. Oh, um, Okay. 
We um, this is definitely fan fiction. Yeah, sounds like fan fiction for sure. I would never say those kinds of things. Uh, better bunker plumbing. So instead of water coming from the toilets into the sinks and showers, we wanted the flow reversed. Uh, and we asked for crystal chandeliers in every room in the bunker. Swarovski. Um, so apparently uh, that week we had had a preliminary hearing in court um, and Mr. Bunker was wearing a three-piece Carhartt suit made of duck leather. He was wearing a CEO wig and he had six birds on each arm with each bird trained to say one of George Carlin's words you can't say on TV plus other made up swear words that they each only said one word a piece. Um, we all, we, all of us, all three of us got turned down for legal representation. So we all had to represent ourselves and we were suing each other. All three of us. Three ways. Yeah. Uh, there was a kangaroo in the court. There's a kangaroo um, court. Uh, David Crosby was there because he's part of the party to the custody battle because we wanted his sperm. Um, and we replaced Judge Judy's gavel with a squeaky toy. Well, it was kind of unknown who did it. Some prankster did it. Some unknown, very funny prankster. Yeah, well, it wasn't. Some could say it was a pranking master. Yeah, it seemed like the consensus was it wasn't all that funny, but it was a prank that was pranked. I find that hilarious. Whoever wrote that, because it's clearly fake and that never happened, but. Um, we if also, somebody were to do that, that would be very funny. We also had a hung jury full of supermodels, um, hot guys that we had it picked out like ourselves. It sounds like this was like the catalyst for some very long running arc of some sort of thing. And um, Mr. Bunker farted out loud every time he disagreed with something we said during the hearing. <laughs> wow. Well, whoever wrote that, I don't know. I've never heard that name before, Mr. Bunker. That doesn't ring a bell for me. So, um Whoever wrote that is that is top notch fanfic. Yeah, this must have been a, a listener, you right. know, submitted fanfic. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's great topic, great suggestion, great episode overall. Um, that was a really fun one. I think a lot of people resonated with that one. People like that kind of stuff that feels a little bit more real, a little bit more modern. Um, that was a great episode. Yeah, that was one. Um, I'll be honest when um when it was suggested by Darcy and I, I thought I wasn't expecting all the stuff that came out of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right. I didn't expect to also be thinking about simulation theory with Those that are one. fun ones where they, I expected it to be things. really mostly about the Mayan calendar. Yeah. Which is uh, very complicated to talk about. And I don't think yeah. I fully get it, but I tried to do my best. That's one of those things that uh, we often try to do where we, you know, say things that are probably better left as being visual aids. They're vi it's a visual thing. Right. You have to kind of see it to understand it. Yeah. If you watch a video about the Mayan calendar, I don't know that it makes 100% sense to me. Like, I don't know that I could start using a Mayan calendar tomorrow. Baktun. But, <laughs> Baktun. But I think that if you, if you look at it visually, mm -hmm. it makes more sense. Yeah. Um... Yeah, and I think I think we disagreed a little bit, but that's okay. It was a good discussion, a lot to just talk about. And um, overall, I think it belongs squarely where it's at. Yeah, it belongs to be in the middle of the top five. Mm -hmm. um, All right. Now, let's keep this countdown moving on with a long-distance dedication. This one goes out to Pharaoh Coffrey. We're talking about number two on our Bunkmas 2021 year-end episode recap with the Great Pyramids of Egypt. Mm -hmm. 
Now, if you're like me and you're sick of ramps and levers, you're going to love this next hypothesis. Locks. Smoked salmon? Oh, no, no, Andy. And I'm not talking hair. Hair. Ooh, long, beautiful hair. I'm talking locks. Like in a canal, baby. Ooh, Ooh. you know Artie loves him a good canal. Can't get enough. (laughs) Yeah. Ooh, Amsterdam. Damn you. They have a canal, right? (laughs) Probably. I forget. Panama. (laughs) That one's pretty famous. I get that. Love that song. Now, in the Artese Canal, the rising tide raises all ships, and they never come down. Ooh-wee, goo-goo-ga. What the fuck? I love canals. Ooh-wee, goo-goo-ga. You guys know. I'm always saying it. Big part of my lore. Your famous catchphrase. It's my famous catchphrase. Ooh-wee, goo-goo-ga. <laughs> John this guy's Roman. a little too into the pyramids, don't you think? Yeah. You th- I mean, we kind of talked about it. Like, listen, it's impressive, but it's one shape. <laughs> okay. Okay. We're all making a big stink about the pyramids. They are cool. I can't do that. I'm going to preface that and say, like, I can't build a giant pyramid. I'm not smart enough to do that. I'm not an architect. Okay. But it's one shape. Hey, they didn't make a different shapes. It was one shape. And everybody's freaking out. They're acting like this ancient. What I'm saying is, Andy, what I'm saying is that people, you know how I feel about these ancient structure stories. We did the same thing with Easter Island. Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks that these ancient cultures are too fucking brain dead. I'm like, it's one shape. They didn't build the fucking Sears Tower. <laughs> it's a pyramid. It's one shape. We <laughs> built it out of squares. Yeah. It's not like they built like like a smooth, they covered it with something in the end to make it smooth and an actual pyramid. Yeah. Like a, but it's like, made out of, I mean, one shape. <laughs> it's impressive. Am I fucking crazy here? You sound unimpressed, frankly. <laughs> You sound you sound like you're shitting on Khufu a little bit. I'm not shitting on them. I'm just saying it's like the people are always like, how the fuck did they do this with these motherfuckers were so stupid. They didn't have CAD. They didn't have it. It's like they figured it out. They drew it on the floor and then they just did it. You know, uh, Isn't that hard. You, you raise a point that I want to make at some point. So I'm going to make it right now. You know, a lot of the alternative ideas involve ancient astronauts in some way and i've said this before i kind of have a beef with ancient astronauts you do as as an idea yeah i have some beef in my pocket i always carry some jerky with me just in case you never know um but these you know ancient astronauts like it i in some in some ways i find these ideas intriguing sure they're fun but in other ways i don't think that logically they do a good job of selling it because a lot of people say things like there's no way ancient Egyptians would have had the technology to pull off uh, construction of this magnitude with this amount of precision. But then at the same time, it's like if they draw something that looks like a spaceship, they're like, look, our ancestors weren't stupid. They knew what they were drawing. This is not some, they weren't so stupid that they had to use their imagination 
They drew everything exactly as they saw it. It's like, well, what are they? Are they too smart to even have imagination or are they too stupid to do anything that they did? Like, you can't have it both ways. It's like, well, they were too smart to have imagination, but too stupid to actually accomplish anything. And they get, you get into that like argument where it's like, well, they needed advanced technology. Like the thing is like people say, oh, well, the, the Great Pyramid is such a marvel. They never, no buildings, no other buildings in Egypt have this quality of masonry and it's quality that we wouldn't even match today. We couldn't match today. And it's like, well, yeah, first of all, like it's a very unique building. Yeah. Like they probably built this thing and we're like, okay, we get the idea. Like they build building, like we build buildings now because we don't, because we need to have the building. We don't build it to be like a perfect lasting legacy of something. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, oh, if it's off half an inch here or there, as long as it doesn't compromise the structural integrity, it doesn't matter in a sense, right? It still has all of its function, which is why we build the building. Like, I think it like helps if you take it back and say, why did they build this thing? It's like, it was religious and ceremonial. Uh, There's a lot of like different things tied up into it that aren't the same reasons we build stuff today. Uh, Like, if it's met, if it's national pride, like, you know, Mark Lehner is kind of suggesting or Pierre Tallet is sort of suggesting that because, because the, the scope of these were so huge and involved like materials from the farthest reaches of Egypt's power. This was like a reminder to people all across the kingdom that the Pharaoh is in charge. Like, even if he doesn't go to Sinai, even if the Pharaoh doesn't get to Sinai very often, even if the army doesn't show up in Sinai very often, even if the Pharaoh doesn't ever go to Aswan, like, it's a reminder to those people there, like, the Pharaoh's in charge, you are controlled by the Pharaoh. Get fucked. Yeah, like, Pharaoh rules this place. Yeah. And you, that's the way it is. So it's like, there's so many more reasons to have it be built the way it was built than, because aliens told them how to do it like you know here's the thing okay it's one shape (laughs) (laughs) i keep saying that but the thing is it's like people are just there like it's like there's nothing there was nothing to do there was no internet back then yeah there was nothing all day if you said okay andy your job i'm the pharaoh your job is to spend your entire fucking life Dedicated to figuring out how to build me my pyramid. You don't think you could get that done? Yeah. Using exactly. shitty small tools and ancient tools? You're right. It's one shape. So they have it. It's one shape. They have a chance to perfect it. Right. Wow, 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 wow. This one aired super early in the year, if I'm not mistaken. This was the first episode released in 2021. Wow. Wow. Um, I, I think January sixth was the date. Yes, the um, the numbers for this episode are spectacular. Um, you know they're in the triple millions. Um, and uh, no, I mean uh, this this is a bit this is a big topic. It's a it's, big topic. I mean, literally, There's probably still more to cover. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had a long, lengthy episode on this topic, and probably could have done even more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we could have gone for, this could have been a marathon episode um, because the pyramids are very old and they've been extensively studied and there are a lot of competing viewpoints 
on their construction and their purpose and yada yada yada. Um I don't I don't remember what what really is the main was this an ancient aliens thing or is it more of a like just some other bullshit? Like what do we talk about? Uh well, we talked about a lot of it focused on how were the pyramids constructed. Oh, that's right, their construction. Um and so we talked a lot about how could how could ancient Egyptians have built these um, we talked about what the modern scientific opinions are generally. And we also talked a little bit about like numerology, Ooh. Um, you know, the uh, Graham Hancock, Robert Balbal. Uh, oh, like yes. Sort of, you that know, sweaty archaeologist man <laughs> with his well, dump truck butt. That was uh, uh, what was that guy's name? But he was he was the one. You actually, you approved of his hypothesis, which is basically that the Egyptians like modeled what they were going to build on the ground right next to the site where they constructed the That's pyramid. That's how I would fucking do it. And then they just used that as a guide. I probably talked about it. brute force. Uh, because that to me seems like a brute force approach to doing something, which is a very viable way to do anything in life. Yeah. Like, obviously you can like, you know, it's like, when you think about like a list or uh, like you, yeah, like a list or something like, you know, if you have like a list of things to do a day, like you could brute force your way through it and yeah. just do things in order. Or you can take a step back and like engineer, like think like, all right, let's prioritize based on like some criteria of what is the best way to do it. And the Egyptians were probably like, all right, I don't know, we'll just fucking draw it next to it and then build it. Like, and that's a perfectly viable way to do something. Like, right. If you're building something like, yeah, here's what it's going to look like right there. Well, you know? we talked about this too. It's a that, blueprint. That the, there's a, there's a history of pyramid building. Yeah. In Egypt and, and in other cultures in, in running up to the construction of the great pyramid. Uh, there were, you know, th there were a lot of large pyramid projects undertaken and it was a lot of the same, people involved in the construction of those projects and it's yes the great pyramid made a leap ahead in pyramid building for the egyptians i mean there's no question about it that it's it's much better than the ones they built before but it's obvious at least to me that there were some lessons learned from those other construction projects about yeah they things built that tiny worked. ones yeah they built smaller ones and they started making them bigger yeah. and then they just decided to blow the whole thing out and, and kind of crazy how if you do stuff a couple of times you can then do keep doing it even better the next time right which i guess is such a foreign concept to people right and you know it's like <laughs> oh yeah i remember i shit on the pyramids and well you were like you were like oh if I, everybody it's not that fucking so many impressive. thousand people one shape it's one shape <laughs> you kept saying it was one shape it is. It's one fucking shape. It's not like they built like the fucking Burj Khalifa or something. It's like it's a fucking pyramid. It's like you just and it's like such an easy shape to build because it fucking goes up. It's just big base. It would be cooler if it was like one piece that then built out like that yeah. would be like, what the fuck? How did you build this? Well, you know, and the thing that people find the most <laughs> is like how just how um like from an engineer standpoint, just how like sound it is and how that's true. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's very, it's very much a Marvel, but 
It is. It's a great wonder of the world. Not shitting on the fucking pyramid. I always, I always Relax. say this. I always feel like there's, there's this vein of sometimes alternative history that sort of doesn't give human beings enough credit for. We being, talk about this every time for having having ingenuity and being right. capable. Where it's like, oh, why ancient people couldn't have built that? Right. And it's like, but why? Right. There's no. There's nobody that goes, there's just no possible way that this could have worked. And everything we know about this civilization and even past civilizations are things that we've uncovered. They, there could be shit that explains how they did it. We just don't know where it is because it's been lost in yeah. the sands of time. Yeah. We don't fucking know. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like, it's that thing of, um, you know, where, where was it? At Aswan that they found those... Um, Papyrus scrolls yeah. that detailed some of the shipments going on on these boats along the Nile. And it sort of makes clear this picture that they're transporting large blocks of stone from a quarry to the site where they're building the pyramid. And it's like, that's the kind of stuff that gets destroyed over thousands of years of history because it's not all that durable. And they got lucky that they found these, but it helps support that, Yes, there is quarrying going on here. They're loading these blocks onto a boat. The boat is then being ferried by the river current up up river to a place where they can then, you know, or down river, I guess I should say down river to a place where then they can unload down it. by the riverside. Down by the bay where the watermelons grow back mm -hmm. to my home. I dare not go, for if I do, my mother will say, did you ever see a pyramid uh, coming? It's pyramid down by the bay. Lovely. Uh, that's what the Egyptians would sing. That's what they sang. That was their boating song. Um, it, yeah, I mean, everything I saw, and, you know, every time, it, we saw this with Coral Castle as well. It's like, oh, modern technology can't even, and like, oh, fucking bullshit. Bull fucking shit, modern technology can't recreate. We could... We could fucking dunk on the ancient Egyptians all fucking day with our modern equipment. We could build a giant ass pyramid in half, not even half, a fucking tenth of the time. Well, this is my thing with all of these arguments about modern technology can't even cut these rocks. It's like bullshit. I don't fucking buy it. Yeah. <laughs> bullshit. I call bullshit. I mean, it's just like nobody will do it because there's right. no need to do it. Why would I build something out of that when I could just build a highly recyclable easy to easy to maneuver transport and bend material it's like when we when oh, okay hold up <laughs> in coral castle it's kind of this it's kind of a similar vein of a topic very similar vein. coral castle a little bit of a different topic but with a florida twist with a florida twist yeah with a florida man involved and that's what really makes it unique <laughs> um but in the um What's the uh, what's the Leonard Nimoy show called? In Search Of. In Search Of, thanks. In Search Of, in that In Search Of episode about Coral Castle, they talk about how they hired a construction crew and they tried to get him to move one of these like big coral blocks. These bedrock. And so they get, they bring like a front loader and they like hook a chain, like a chain to like a big rock. And then they just start trying to drag it around. And it's like, well, I doubt, doubt that this is the most effective way to do it. And it's like, just because you had a piece of heavy machinery and it didn't do 
the task. It's like, yeah, these blocks are heavy, but it doesn't necessarily mean that just because that machine did a shitty job at it. It's like, is that what the machine is supposed to do? Like we've yeah. built these machines to have specialities, not to just like, oh, this is a machine with a big bucket on it. It can do anything. It's like, if I ask a front loader to make me bacon and eggs in the morning, is it going to be able to do it? No, it's just going to smash my kitchen. Like, it's not like you can, you know, oh, I need, oh, I need to write some calligraphy. Get me a front loader. <laughs> well, we, we can't used, do it. It doesn't work. How did modern, ancient people write calligraphy? We brought in modern machinery. We didn't use it as directed. So therefore it couldn't be done. It it's be like done. humans, modern humans can't do it. How did this, old, how did this little guy, how did this lead scallon guy, this creepy little pedophile, how did he do it? How do you move these blocks? Oh, it's demonstrably shown that he could do this with a tripod. How did he do it? Uh, I always say that it's like, dude, like the amount of time it took to build these things. If you just have people working all day, every day for thousands of years, like, like, hello, like you could get it done, dude. Like I've seen fucking skyscrapers in Chicago go up in a matter of like a year. Yeah. That's like, think about like the ratio of time. Like, I don't remember the stats on how long it took to build the Great Pyramid. It took a long fucking time. Yeah, I think that there are people likely working all year round because I don't think that like I don't think Egypt has that harsh of winters. I think it was like over a decade or or some of the. Yeah, if I'm remembering right, maybe some of the estimates were within a decade, but it's multiple years at any rate. Yeah, there's no estimate that puts it like under five years. I don't think. Right. And there's not I mean, there's like, you know, some. Some of the interior stuff is kind of like, okay, that's pretty fucking impressive. Oh, the, I mean, make no mistake. I don't want to like belittle, but these, but it is these just are, one shape. These, it is one shape, but these are, these are expert craftsmen. Yeah. I mean, and I would have to say that this, if you could have seen the pyramid, like, you know, obviously there's, there used to be these capstones on the outside that like were, everything was smooth on the outside. And now we see like the more stepped underneath mm -hmm. and they just fitted these stones on top of it. Um, it would be crazy to see it. These like sparkling white, this humongous building, like just with these smooth edges, like that would be pretty impressive. That would be pretty impressive. And, and you know what? Yeah. I will say I, I took a big old steam and dump on alternative history folks. We do like alternative history on the show. Sure. I think every time we talk about alternative history, it's an interesting thought yeah. experiment. And, and I bring, think that, when we bring people on who are smarter than us, like TJ and, and other people <laughs> who have like more to say about it than, right. than two idiots like us. Yeah, that are like more thoughtful than we are. Right. But I think that, um, you know, the pyramids, this is one of those where I understand why people question it. Yeah. Because it does seem almost impossible to fathom. But, you know, then you kind of look at the rest of the world. It's like, I guess I just draw a different conclusion when I look around and some people look around the world and they see all these monumental structures and these pyramids everywhere. And they say something had to be going on that would make people want to do this. Whereas I just kind of see it as like, you know, a pyramid's kind of an easy structure. It's one shape to build because it's, it's got a, it's got a stable base, right? Big, stable, big, stable, butt. like you just already have a good foundation. Like I don't think that any ancient cultures would have like attempted some of our skyscrapers because no, it would have fallen over too hard right like i mean you need different so, materials yeah and i you know i don't know it's like to me i see that and i just think like oh this is like you know human beings had this desire to like 
build monumental things because if your leader show who your is power, your god, yeah. you view him as a god or descendant of your gods or connected to your god in some way. Yeah. Imagine that and like they have this vision and by what I I don't mean a physical vision but like a dream or an idea of how to do something. And then they challenge you to go and do that. Like human beings are very fucking like I'm going to fucking get that done. And I don't think that modern people are that different from ancient people who would probably still have the same desire to please or fulfill a vision or integrate a vision in some capacity, right? So if your fucking God tells you you are going to build a structure that is going to be the fucking representation of our religion or whatever the fuck reason why they built the goddamn pyramids, you know, you would be like, oh, fuck. I have like I have to do this. I am yeah. so fucking motivated. I'm gonna work hard every goddamn day yeah. and get this shit done. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know, like I look at it more as like, you know, why aren't you fucking like proud of humanity? Because when the fucking gray aliens come and people try and fuck my green Eminem alien wife, like I'm on the side of humanity. Yeah. Like, yeah, and I'm going to take their sexy fuckable green Eminem aliens and I'm going to take them. And we're going to be, we're going to, we're going to marry the green fuckable M&Ms and we're going to stop the alien colonizers. Humanity has to win, Candy. I got to tell you, that really does inspire me. That's, that's a very inspiring speech that you just gave. I I know we all want to have sex with a green M&M. I feel like I'm listening to head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, Urban Meyer, (laughs) Um, you know. A man well, whose motivational former no his reign will never end. <laughs> a man whose motivational techniques are well known far and wide. You know, I hope this comment will age well. I think that it will. I think that he'll be the coach there for a long, long time. Um, you know, I think it's going to be shown that he's actually deep down a good person and not a <laughs> total piece of human garbage shit yeah, yeah. that seems like he is right now. Sure, so sure. you know, I think you know, I look forward to. Many years watching him lead the Jags to the Super Bowl. That's right, Andy. Um, um, no, it's an achievement of human engineering and human human marvel, and uh, it is just one shape. But it uh, they did a good job. Right, they did a good job with that shape. They did a good job. Really maxed out that shape. No, it's awesome. Uh, pyramids are cool. Um, I thought it was very interesting in that episode, learning a lot about the the more modern science about how the pyramids were built, like what the consensus sort of, or the most like cutting edge yeah. research suggests about it. It makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Did we get to the stats on this? Um, I just want to make sure if anybody suggested this or got an alarm that we yeah. talk about them. So uh, this episode was suggested by Dan Carroll. Thank you, Dan Carroll. Uh, we gave a bunker alarm for our patron, David. Thank you, patron David. Um, our verdicts were plausible quirk for me uh, that the alternative history would prove true. Mm-hmm. And yours was highly plausible that the traditional historical ideas are accurate. Yeah. So you flipped the script. You did. I a flipped very- the script. I put the pyramid on its head and put the butt in the sky, which is also one shape. And we had something called a bunker sighting on this one. Hmm. I'm not familiar um, with those. But it did come from our friend TJ from the Pick Me podcast. Oh. Um, Check it out. At, I am familiar with TJ. Uh, I can't remember the website address, but check it out at yeah. You can at find Pick it at Pick Me Pod. at Pick Me Pod on uh, Twitter. Um, and he's got all his links on Twitter, so just yeah. hit him up on Twitter at Pick Me Pod. Um, but TJ, um, you know TJ's famously uh, from Indiana, and TJ famously, famously from Indiana. I mean, it's probably the number one thing people know about TJ. They're like, oh yeah, that guy from Indiana. Yeah. Um, but TJ, um, 
when TJ reviewed Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast mm-hmm. on his show Pick Me, mm-hmm. um, he brought up uh, his own conspiracy theory about how um, in Indiana there's an Air Force base called Grissom, a decommissioned um, Air Force base called Grissom, where there are like allegedly tunnels underneath the base. Um, and supposedly it might've been the site where the government would relocate in the event of a nuclear disaster. Hmm. Um, and so, uh, TJ said he saw a red bunkla parked outside of Grissom, the Grissom tunnels and peon Musk, our baby boy, uh, appeared to be wheeling in the Flatwoods monster on a gurney. Wow. Uh, and podcasting equipment. Huh. And there seemed to be some concern that we would be replaced by cryptids. Ah, uh. <laughs> I don't know. That Doesn't sounds a like a great movie script. Yeah. I mean, TJ, keep it up because yeah, you got, a, stuff. got an eye for drama. No, we're two daddies. We always have been and we always will be. So, yeah. So uh, that's all I know. Yeah. Interesting stuff, though. Um, yeah, that's a great one. Definitely belongs up there. Oh, yeah. That's a fitting top fiber. Yeah, that's, a, that's a big one. That's a big boy. And you know what? I think it's time to move on to the penultimate one on this what list. do you think it's going to be, Bunk Funkers? Take a pause. P- plus pause and shout out what you think the number shout one is. Shout it out loud wherever you are. doesn't matter. If you're in a quiet place like a library, doesn't matter. Shout it. And, and if, if the you, librarian gets mad at you, you can direct the librarian to us. We'll handle it for you. Yeah, we'll take care of it. We guarantee your library card will not be revoked. That's right. Um, so shout it out what you think it is. And then... The V card will... And then let... then let us know if you got it right yeah so here we go and if you got it right you gotta let us know and now without further ado number one on our bunkmas 2021 year-end recap antarctica Now, Byrd commanded a military operation to Antarctica in 1946 called Operation High Jump. Operation High Jump's main objective was reportedly non-combative. It was to set up a research base on Antarctica called Little America 4. Which is also the the name of my parakeet. (laughs) Little America 4. Rest in peace, Little America 2 and 3. R.I.P. Uh, I wonder if they uh, watched that show Little Bush at Little America 4. Probably, Little Bush! Probably not, considering he, uh, I don't know how old he would have been in 1946. Yeah. Probably would have been a little baby. Or even not alive. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, the other goals of Operation High Jump were to train soldiers in frigid conditions, investigating further poten- potential base sites, extending the sovereignty of the United States to an extensive region of the continent and surveying the electromagnetic, geological, hydrographical, and other scientifically important aspects of the physical environment. Operation High Jump included 4,700 men, 13 ships, and 33 aircraft. This is a big operation. Uh, Operation High Jump could have been a run-of-the-mill research experiment conducted by the U.S. military, but then Admiral Byrd went and said this in March 5th, 1947's Chilean El Mercurio newspaper. Quote, Admiral Byrd declared today that it was imperative for the United States to initiate immediate defense measures against hostile regions. The Admiral further stated that he did not want to frighten anyone unduly, but that it was a bitter reality that in case of a new war, 
the continental United States would be attacked by flying objects which could fly from pole to pole at incredible speeds. End quote. What are we getting at here, bunk funkers? Well, if the gaping holes aren't entrances to the hollow earth, then, well, maybe they're entrances to the secret underground Nazi research base. Yeah. That's the next conclusion you can draw. Right. If you see a hole somewhere and there's nothing apparently in it, it probably has a secret Nazi base in it. Many believe that Operation High Jump was no fucking research mission, but a full-scale military operation to destroy the secret Nazi bases underneath Antarctica. Oh, and you better believe there's aliens. <laughs> the story goes like this. The Thule Society uh, and a German psychic named Maria Orsic uh, had a telepathic communication with an extraterrestrial from Aldebaran. Uh, the aliens gave Orsic blueprints on how to build a flying saucer prototype. The Aldebarans were allies with the reptilians. And uh, as you may or may not know, you probably do. The reptilians are typically a evil race. Of They're the bad beings. ones. They're the bad boys. And the reptilians then allied with the Nazis when Hitler rose to power. Hitler learned of Orsic's work and offered for her to join his regime in exchange for funding for this saucer technology. The reptilians also told Hitler about the extensive network of tunnels underneath Antarctica. Antarctica's volcanically heated ice caves actually have an internal comfortable temperature of 75 degrees and can sustain life. Pretty nice. Yeah. In 1938, Hitler sent an expedition to find the tunnels on a ship called the Schwabenland. Now, when they landed, they named the era New Schwabia after their ship. Which is kind of friggin' boring and lame, am I right? You know, I would have named it something way cooler, like Artie Land. Coomtown would also be acceptable. Coomtown would be a badass name. Coomtown. All the coomers can go to Antarctica. Yeah. Coomtown in the volcanically heated ice caves. Coomin. Anywho, the Nazi expedition succeeded and found the tunnels. Throughout World War II, the Nazis sent funds and resources to build a massive base under the ice because, you know, they had so many extra resources during the war. Um, the Nazis then built flying saucers here with advanced laser weaponry, as well as other insane inventions called their Wunderwaffen, or wonder weapons. Meanwhile, the reptilians collected on the deal. The Nazis built the saucers, but also agreed to fight alongside the reptilians in their interstellar wars. So, Hitler took his genocide into outer space. <laughs> oh, I'm going to fight a war on two fronts. No, no, no. Three, baby. <laughs> mein Fuhr. <laughs> Let's go to space. And the new dark fleet of space Nazis. They're called the dark fleet. The dark fleet. The space Nazis are the dark fleet. Right. I remember them from Star Wars, <laughs> right? I was going to say, that's my favorite part of the chicken. <laughs> the dark fleet. <laughs> Yeah, you know, <laughs> hey, give, me, is, give me a couple pieces of Dark You fleet. know, if you go through a wormhole and you want to go buy running shoes, you have to go to Dark Fleet Feet. <laughs> anyway, uh, the new Dark Fleet of space Nazis began sending spacecraft to the moon and Mars during World War II. This is starting to sound like a story that kid tells on the playground. <laughs> yeah. You can never kill this kid in a game of, like, uh, whatever. It's like, oh, no, I had... you missed me. I have an invisible shield. You didn't see it. You didn't see it. Oh, no, I was actually one inch tall, um, but now I'm back to normal size. Uh, I can shrink at will. Kid. 
Anyway, when Admiral Byrd tried to take out the Nazis with Operation High Jump, the Nazi flying saucer fleet absolutely decimated them. It's like the old saying goes, don't bring six forward-facing Browning 12.7-millimeter machine guns to an alien laser cannon fight. We've all heard it. My dad used to say it every day. That's how he woke me up, <laughs> shouting into my face. And I never forgot it. The Navy returned defeated and secretly reported the news, but Admiral Byrd secretly let it slip in that Chilean newspaper of the, quote, new enemy, meaning the fucking Nazi flying saucers that could fly from pole to pole. And the Nazi dark fleet then continually flew over the U.S. after 1947, and President Truman issued an order to shoot down any UFOs which were Nazi dark fleet, and many secret airplane and Nazi UFO dogfights took place. In 1952, the Nazi Dark Fleet flew over Washington, D.C. in a threatening manner. What, you've never been a part of a threatening flyover? They threw over them, they were flipping them off. (laughs) Fuck you, America. Kiss my Nazi ass. I'm putting my butt cheeks up against the window. Kiss my Nazi butt. (laughs) And, uh... President Pooh, man. Hairy ass poo man. More like President False Man. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. I just uh, fired my lasers over at your monument, but I did not hit it on purpose. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. Truman then enacted Operation Paperclip to work with the Nazis rather than against them. He says, oh, if I can't beat them, might as well take them and make them part of my society. Yeah. Yeah, might as well integrate them into my society and use them to help further my yeah. own prestige. Let's forget about their war crimes. And in 1955, when President Eisenhower took over, he didn't want to work with the Dark Fleet. He was like, fuck these guys. But then he succumbed to pressure from his National Security Council and in exchange for blueprints to the Nazi flying saucer tech, agreed to aid the Reptilians and the Nazi Dark Fleet in their intergalactic battles. Eisenhower, why? <laughs> you sold us out. <laughs> Now we're fighting another fucking, another endless war, endless war in the, in space against the Aldebarans. Everybody's enemies with the reptilians. Eisenhower. God damn it. Now the dark fleet is a whole other topic, but that's a solid little taste for you. A little, little morsel to get your whistles wet. Appetizer. Uh, and that's one of the main mysteries of Antarctica that, you know, there's some fucking secret Nazi alien tech going on in there. And this Nazi underground base is also said to be the legendary hollow earth city of Agartha, which is also sometimes referred to as Shambhala. We talked about it in our hollow earth episode. You can check it out. Mm -hmm. Now, some sources say that the Nazis, that that base isn't Agartha, but they also, they built a base there, but then they also found the actual inner hollow earth in addition to their base and then, you know, in the network of tunnels and made deals with the inner earth beings in Agartha and that the U.S. and Soviets knew of these entrances, but couldn't best the fortified Nazi strongholds protecting the entrances, and they wanted to get to Agartha themselves. So, little little bit of a diversion in there. And it's you know, some people say, "Oh, it's just the, the Nazis are actually Agartha," but then some people say, "No, no, no, the Nazis are there, but they're working with Agartha." Right. Duh. Yeah. I mean, Nazi strongholds famously unbreachable. <laughs> yeah. You know, all through the war. 
That's there right. Was never able to breach any of the Nazi strongholds. Never was. Um, and that's why there was never a giant land invasion of uh, of of a bunch of Nazi bunkers, no. fortified bunkers. Fortifications were never abandoned. Yeah, that people remember day after day. That has like a special name or something. Yeah. No. Eh, anyway. But boy, this is a wild topic. I could really use a cool drink. That's the sound that you can only listen to if you got it right. If you got it wrong, rewind to before that sound played and then skip ahead. And then skip ahead. You were not supposed to hear that. Because you weren't supposed to hear that. If you got it right, congratulations. Um, What a topic. I think this is a deserving number one. This is a great topic. This is an amazing topic. I think if I remember correctly, we both loved this topic. This is a topic that everybody loves, I think. It's so like Indiana Jones. It's so over the top and silly. It's it's just it's there's so many parts to it. It's there's awesome. To it. There's aliens there. Nazis have an underground base there. Um there's like a fucking like intergalactic war between what were essentially were Nazis, but are now called the Dark Fleet. Mm-hmm. Which is like that's something we need to fucking talk about. That there's this weird intergalactic war between yeah. the Dark Fleet and the basically Space Force, yeah. fucking Light Fleet of America, which got involved in the intergalactic war between evil aliens and good aliens. Right. Which is like, goddamn, that's all I ever want to talk about ever. Right. Yeah. It's. I mean, you know, <laughs> you don't expect when you're going to talk about Antarctica and. This honestly, this oh was one God. of my most favorite suggestions of all time. Oh, really? Uh, this was suggested this by a bunk funker named Kellen D. And Kellen. Kellen said, literally in the email, check out the gaping hole in Antarctica. <laughs> and it's one of my all time favorite suggestions because I just, I don't know what it is about so funny. that string of words that just makes me smile. But it hey. check out the gaping hole in Antarctica. I think we, I think a bit we did was we uh, said, uh, how did Kellen mean for this email to come across? Do you think it was like, Hey, check out the gaping hole in Antarctica. Or was it like, hey, check out the gaping hole in Antarctica, guys. You got to check <laughs> yeah. it out. Yeah, yeah. There's this gaping hole. Yeah, we did do a, a whole bit on that in the episode. Oh, we did? Okay. Yeah. Good to know that I can really come up with a Pretty lot Pretty sure of... you brought it up, too. Oh, did I? <laughs> huh. <laughs> Interesting. Um, but it, it is one of my favorite uh, suggestions because... I don't know. I don't know what it is about it that it just like speaks to me. But well, I hope Kellen we did it justice because I remember the gaping holes are part of it. But like, goddamn, there's so much more to Antarctica than the gaping holes. Well, you know, when when we got this email initially, we had already done an episode on the Hollow Earth. That's right. And so and sim holes and sims holes and Captain Bird, who's a big part of this, right? And so we, you know, Operation High Jump. I told I told Kellen I was like, hey. We did an episode on the Hollow Earth. Check it out. But you know, we'll we'll just look we'll see what's too. up. We'll see what's up with this Antarctica thing. And I'm glad that we did. That I didn't just say like, yeah, this is all part of the Hollow Earth because we we found so much more than just a Hollow Earth here. Yeah. Um. Very fun. It's a history mystery. There's aliens. There's conspiracy. There's. I mean, it's just. It's got everything you want. It's so much panache. Such a depth of flavor. There's layers to it, like an onion. Yeah, I mean, it's dunker. <laughs> Shrunke. <laughs> uh, I I like. I liked everything about it. Honestly, yeah. You know, it's like because I I don't know. It's just the thought that Nazis have continued to operate out of the secret base uh, in Antarctica and that they've used it somehow to like team up with extraterrestrials. God damn. Uh, 
um, and that we're like talking about, you know, and then the like, U.S. Air Force yeah, and the we British like, Air nuked Force did, and like yeah. there's a battle there. It's awesome. It's like not cool. Nazis flying around in flying saucers, like shooting down American jet fighters yeah. over over Antarctica. Yeah. It's just like what a wild story. I know we we said it's like it's like a, those fun adventure movies that yeah. everyone loves. Indiana Jones, The Mummy. These are fun action adventure movies that everybody can enjoy. And you know this is a this was one that could be made into one. I mean maybe not today, considering you know that movies just like aren't fun anymore. But like back when movies were fun, this would have been a fun movie to make. <laughs> what do you mean movies aren't fun anymore? I don't know. It just feels like movies aren't fun anymore. Wow. It's a very 2012 opinion of you. It is a very 2012 opinion of me. I just feel like the game has changed. Why? What's not fun anymore? I don't you? know. I just don't find any joy in anything anymore. Maybe that's your problem, dude. It could be my problem. But you know what? I do find joy in this topic. There you go. And so if somebody made a movie about this topic, I might, might find I joy might in enjoy the movie. it. Like there was the Daniel Craig movie, Cowboys vs. Aliens, and that movie should have been a lot better than it was. And that's like exactly the type of film that this could be, but it needs to be better. It's surprising that I didn't see that one. Doesn't yeah. that seem like one I would have seen? It does seem like one you would have seen. It's like, oh, I've never seen Fried Green Tomatoes, but I saw Cowboys versus Aliens. Yeah. <laughs> You've never seen Terms of Endearment. I've never seen The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, but I did see Cowboys versus Aliens. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're probably too busy watching Orgasmo for the 15th time. <laughs> now you're a man. <laughs> A man, a man, a man. <laughs> better make me a girl. <laughs> yeah, come on, baby. Better make me a girl. What's your opinion of basketball? Because I watched it the other day. I turned it off. It was so bad. So bad? Yeah, I was like, holy shit. This did not hold up well. This is not a funny movie from them. Uh, I haven't watched it for a long time. Uh, probably since I was in college. But I remember it, it. I was reading about it. It was a commercial and critical flop for them. After like Orgasmo... I think it's Cannibal the Musical and obviously Bigger, Longer, A Cut. Those were all like, like the other ones, Bigger, Longer, A Cut obviously was a massive smash success. South Park, a massive smash success. But Basketball was like hmm. really flopped. I don't know. Um, it didn't hold up well. Hmm. I haven't rewatched it. You I might have to go rewatch it. I, I Last time I saw it, I think I enjoyed it. Hmm. It's just, it's fun to watch. It's like a very early 2000s movie. Just feels like just feels too dated. No, no, it just it, not, doesn't feel funny. No, it just legitimately like didn't make me laugh. Um, and like as a movie, it didn't really work very well. Wow. Anyway, sorry. Well, anyway, so on this episode of and then you America, got like Team America, which was fucking hilarious. But yeah. then like you know. So anyway, on this episode about Antarctica, <laughs> um, that week we got a pet named Wally, uh, who is some sort of a iguana or a horse or a dog um stuff to tell sometimes yeah wally wally uh if you don't remember bunk funkers wally only liked to eat cigarettes and cheeseburgers ah classic uh and he whipped he got we got he got mad at us because we spanked his little butt with a rolled up newspaper mm. and used his powerful tail to flip us into the recording studio and a lot and then he ran away i haven't seen wally since then yeah, maybe Wally left to go join the iguana snake horse circus. That's what we kind of told the kids, right? A little you know, bit of a there. You got to sometimes say they are. They struggled because they were pretty scared of Wally, and 
David Crosby was not happy about sharing his cigarettes. But, you know, you could tell they were pretty broken up when it was like, oh, Wally's not Wally's not sleeping in our beds with us anymore. Yeah, you could tell. I mean, they put on a good face where they were like, thank fucking God. Yeah, they both kept saying like, oh, it's so nice to not have this humongous creature thing squishing me at night and breathing heavily and Uh emptying its colostomy bag every couple of hours. And it's like, yeah, you miss those little things about a pet when they go. And I know, you know, they tried to make it seem like it was such an inconvenience right. and that they never got a good night's sleep. And that, that it was gross and you know, loud, gross and loud and, you know, offensive to them, almost all their senses. But, you know, deep down, it's hard to kids. Kids deal with things differently. Well, Andy, this was a superstar topic. Um, um, fucking fun as hell. I, I think it deserves I, to be number one. Yeah, and I got to say, we rang a bunker alarm that episode, too. Oh, we still have more stats. For, okay, for a patron, Jane Richards. Jane Richards. Jane, thank you. Congrats. You got a bunker alarm. On yeah, you're the number one, number one uh, bunker alarm of the there year. There you go. Uh, and we were both case closed on our verdicts. Yeah. That because, you know, whatever. We both were like, oh, it's fan fiction, but it's fucking fun fan fiction. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. We don't have to believe something to like it. No, we don't. And, um, um, yeah, fucking fun topic. A lot of, yeah, it, it's always fun when there's those where there's like actual history involved. Like, yeah, New Schwabia did, the Schwabenleben did go there. Yeah. And then High Jump did happen. We all have been to Antarctica and people have like fought over it. And there's probably yeah. some secrets. You're drilling fucking ice holes down in there, but like, Maybe there's an alien base in there. Maybe there's a crashed alien spaceship. I don't know. You yeah. can go there. It fucking sucks, but you can go there. Yeah. People are like, you can't go there. It's like, well, you can, but it just sucks. Yeah. It's not, and it's hard to live there. Yeah. You're really fucking hard. Yeah. We we heard um, from multiple people after that episode came out about, you know, like experiences in Antarctica. We did? Um, yeah. One of our bunk funkers, Erica. Um, <gasps> that's right posted in the discord about a friend who had spent considerable time in Antarctica that's right um, and it just sounds like it's kind of a, kind of a shitty place fucking hellhole um, but you know people have visited there you could take a tour there if you want yeah so it's a place you can go to yeah we would love to take a tour there it's just uh, I'm kind of afraid that you know they'll leave us there but uh, well I'm afraid and hopeful every time I go on a trip anywhere, that's going to happen. That's right. Well, Andy, um, I think that's our Bunkmas recap. That's it. That's the top five episodes. Those are the top five by episodes downloads. of the year by listenership, uh, kind of. And, um, well, you know, to the, to the best of our abilities. And again, next year, it's going to be bunker voting, uh, bunk bunker voting. It's going right. to be your votes, you. You are going to bunk the vote and you are going to um, you're going to let us know what are the top five episodes of the year. Yeah. Um, gonna... I don't know how we'll fucking get that to you. Maybe it'll be like a thing on our website, but uh, we'll figure it out. Uh, that's for next year's Art Nandy to figure out. This year's Art Nandy need to go fucking party because uh, <laughs> it's almost bunk. End of the year. Happy bunkmas. It's almost 2022. Uh, Andy, I'm looking forward to. Uh, a new year of 100% being daddies, no big changes, just cruising along. Yeah, I I think that's probably what I'm looking forward to the most. Um, <laughs> you know, I think I'm kind of into numbers. 
numbers oh. guy. Oh yeah, you're a big numbers guy. And so 2022 is kind of cool to me, but I'm really looking forward to 2222. Oh yeah. And so you know, I'm two, just two 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 two. All I can see is like 200 years of just sailing along, same old, same cruising. old cruising, cruising. I'm gonna cruise control. We're gonna put this in cruise control. We're gonna let autopilot do its job. And you know what? We may never talk to you again because we may just not have time. That's we true. may be too busy being daddies. It's true. Um. So. You know, bunk funkers. I know we say this like every couple of episodes, but this very well may be the last episode. This, of this could podcast. be the very last episode of Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast. It could be. Yeah. Ever. I think we do this at the end of every year mm-hmm. and at least once during the year. Yeah. Um. So, you know, it's, it seems unlikely that we'll follow through with it. But you know what? Keon's got uh, a lot of things. He's, you know, he started Krav Maga classes. We're going to have to take him to Krav Maga tournaments and stuff. Um, now, these tournaments, you know, they're in back back alleys. They're right. totally sanctioned, totally legit. Um, and they, they, they happen very late at night. And they film them. They film them to make sure mm-hmm. that, you know, no one cheats. And then they put them up on a website called Live Leak to make sure, you know, that there's no leaks. Because if leaks are is a MMA's fighting term for people who cheats. So if you're right. leaking, right. you're cheating. So... Right. You so, know. you know, it's like there's no there's no leaking allowed. So it goes on live leaks. If anybody spots someone leaking, they can report it. Right. And then that that combatant gets, you know, sanctioned by the league. Mm-hmm. So we've got a lot of tournaments. We're going to have him in. You know, adult baby David Crosby has decided that he wants to. It's so cute. Like he's it's very cute because he you know, he picks up so much stuff. He's like, oh, I want to do a reunion tour. And it's like, oh, my God. Reunion with what? And it's so, so funny. But. You know, we're going to help him with that. <laughs> Whatever. We've got to encourage him. <laughs> he's talking about, oh, he's been in touch with his publicist. And it's like, you don't even know what you're saying. You're so cute. So look, you know, I, again, nothing big. No, no big. It's going to be same old, same old from here on out. 2022. No big changes. Nope. We are the same old, same old. We are raising a family. Yep. We are, you know. Giga chads, we yeah. are living our best lives. Here we're hogged Earth. out dudes, hogged out chads. Yeah. Um, and we're just, yeah, we're just going to live our lives. So, Bunk Funkers, happy, merry, uh, Bunkmas to you all. Thanks again for listening to the show. We so appreciate your support. Um, it means the world to us, and we're glad that we can bring you a little Bunkmas cheer um, and more lists. Love a list. Yeah. If you've got any favorite lists you'd like to send Art as a Bunkmas present, just go ahead and get at us. You can catch us on email at mrbunkerpod at gmail.com or on Twitter and Instagram at mrbunkerpod. You can check our website out at <laughs> www.mrbunkersconspiracytimepodcast.com. You can, uh, if you have the means to do so and you feel so inclined, we would be exceptionally grateful if you chose to support this show. You can do so by going to patreon.com forward slash Mr. Bunker pod for only $5 a month. You'll get access to two episodes, extra episodes per month. That's right. There's like over 40 hours of content as well in the back catalog of of episodes and topics. We've covered some really, really, really fun ones too. We've started this almost train of like people with fucked up lives and weirdos. I guess it just speaks to us. It speaks to us, but we've done serial killers. We've done debunking uh, different myths we've done. Uh, we did we did a history of the Guinness World Records. That was a fun one. That was a fun one. And you can get access to, of course, uh, 
Mr. Bunker's Project Podcast podcast. That's right. Which was where uh, us and our good friend Nick um, found some old podcasts that this guy named Mr. Bunker did uh, before us, uh, whatever that means. And uh, you can listen to those other other podcasts. Yeah. We found it just, you know, we've just been like around the bunker, finding podcasts stashed behind, mm -hmm. you know, trunks and, uh, you know, hiding up on top of the cabinets and stuff. We just find these podcasts up there. And, you know, once we put them in the player. Yeah. There's um, obviously, you know, there's access to the bunker discord. Great benefit. Um, you can get access to the bunker discord for only $1 a month. That's true. And you can get bunker alarms and all sorts of cool shit. So, um, yeah. Um, Andy, any last words for this closing out 2021? Uh, I just want to say bunk funkers. Also check us out on YouTube. Uh, oh, good you call. Go YouTube.com forward slash Mr. Bunker. I don't know what it is, but just search, just search for Mr. Just, Bunker. Just search for Mr. Time. Bunker. Um, so thank you all for an awesome 2021. Um, you know, if it weren't for all of you, we would cease to exist. So it's honestly, true. if you hate this, this is your fault um, and true. you should stop listening. Yeah. Um, but for everybody who likes it and enjoys it, we're so grateful for you. Uh, and we hope to have even more fun with you if we ever do this again in 2022. We'll see. But look for more of the same. No yeah. big announcements. No, no big news. No. Uh, but it just will cruising, be the same just cruising when we, when we feel like doing it. So, right. uh, perfect, perfect way to close out 2021 Andy. So for not the titular Mr. Bunker, but for my, uh, volant, my volant, volant co-host, Andy Hart, I'm Art Stone saying that was the whole enchilada. Ho, 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 Merry Bunkmas. Did you guys hear about that couple that went on vacation and one spouse murdered the other? In fact, the entire vacation was planned just so that they could make the murder look like an accident. Ah, so like a slaycation. Oh boy, sounds like a fun new true crime podcast to me. On every episode of Slaycation, we'll examine true cases of people who were killed while on vacation. Was it murder? Or just a horrible accident. Ah! That's up to you and the law to decide. But either way, if you leave for your vacation in the plane and come home under the plane, you've definitely gone on a slaycation. Join us every week for a fascinating new episode. 911, what's your emergency? But make sure to pack your body bags because getting away can be murder. This is Slaycation. Slaycation.